Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, or it, It's, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ash, man. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns, and you can follow me on Twitter at ToppleThrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter and on Tumblr at Word of Godcast. Content warnings for this episode are as follows. Content warnings for this episode include gory death, teeth, the death of a partner, maggots and insects, rotten food, adultery and cheating, lost time, possession and identity theft, racism, self-harm in the form of cutting, unsanitary, animal death, misogyny, comas, alcoholism, suicidal ideation, drugs, homophobia, death and murder of a partner, abuse, sleep deprivation, and unreality. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our Ask box on Tumblr or... Send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. So, not to part the curtain too bad, but um, we are recording this on Dean's birthday. Happy birthday, alive boy, I love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, King. Happy birthday, Dean Winchester. Which means it's also <laughs> Deanna Kripke's birthday. Happy birthday. Oh! And Jess, Jess's yeah. birthday. That's cute. Happy birthday, Jess, too. Rip yeah, to the ceiling. happy birthday, I guess, Jess. Wait, Dean? Yes. D- Dean, Dean and, and Jess, Jess both birthday? have Kripke's wife's birthday. Yes. Does okay. I've learned a lot of things about uh, Eric Kripke in my Twitch chat um, <laughs> because Emma's friend Gabe came into my Twitch chat because they followed me from Word of God. Shoutouts, hey Gabe, uh, <laughs> and they are apparently a resource of constantly. Whenever I say, "Oh, let me try to find that post," it's either Google or it's Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> um, and they told me a lot of things about. Eric Kripke. Now I can't remember anything, but should, I just remember we should, that I've been, we should get them on the pod at some point. So, definitely, yeah. yeah, for a Claire episode, probably. psychic damage. Ooh, that would be good. Okay, <sighs> the, 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 okay. the Kripke special. <laughs> we could do that when he leaves the show. You'd have like a, a Kripke postmortem <laughs> where we just talk about all of his crimes, which all are the Kripkeisms. Kripkeisms. Oh, anyway, today we are talking about. Uh, season three, episodes uh, ten and nope, wait, nine and ten. No, episodes nine and ten. I wrote my episodes wrong. I wrote Malice Maleficarum as episode ten. Episodes nine and ten, uh, Malice Maleficarum and Dream a Little Dream of Me. Um, who oh boy, Ooh, these boy. are some episodes. As we let's, last let's episode. This is this is a doozy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I say that fairly often, but we've been getting a bunch of pairs season of doozies. Season two and three, they just hit. They do be hitting. Um, Alright, so let's jump right into uh, Melis Maleficarum. We open on a couple, Janet and Paul, coming back from a terrible party, apparently. Uh, they flirt, Janet goes into the bathroom to, to, to get ready, uh, and intercut with her brushing her teeth. We see a witch casting a spell. Uh, then all her teeth fall out, and she dies. It's rough. I don't like teeth stuff. I didn't... I had to look away. Mm-hmm. Um... We then cut to the boys interrogating Paul and asking him if Janet had any enemies. He says no, but he says it suspiciously. Meanwhile, Sam found a hex bag under the sink, uh, and they're going to go find who headed out for Janet, because there's witches involved. Meanwhile, a woman named Elizabeth talks to her neighbor Amanda, who didn't come to book club last night. Amanda goes into her house and pulls out a turkey dinner from the oven covered in worms and bugs. Uh, She's clearly the witch. 
Cut to Paul eating a burger in his car. She does a ritual with the gross food, and his burger becomes gross and full of bugs. Uh, the boys show up just in time as he's choking on worms. Sam finds and burns the hex bag, which sets fire to the witch's ritual table. Um, they get Paul to talk now. He reveals that he had an affair with Amanda and broke it off a week ago. Uh-oh. Um, anyway, destroying the witch rule makes the bad CGI slashes appear on Amanda's wrist and kill her. Um, or at least that's what it looks like. Uh, that later it becomes complicated, but that's what it seems at the time. Um, the boys find her dead body and are confused, but then find another hex bag. She got got by another witch. Maybe. We then cut to the book club mentioned earlier and Elizabeth arriving to it. Um, Elizabeth is concerned about Amanda and the other two obvious witches are gaslighting her. Anyway, the witches have been doing spells to make their suburban lives better. Promotions, side gigs going well, that sort of thing. Uh, also, they have a book of shadows, which is fun. Um, cut to the boys who interrogate Elizabeth while she's gardening. Her book club shows up to back her up and the boys leave, but now they sure know who the witches are. As they're driving, Ruby shows up just in the middle of the road and it's tells really them they need to get out of town and don't look back. The witches are serving a powerful demon. Uh, Dean and Ruby get into a yelling match because this is the first time they've actually met. Um, and Dean almost shoots her with the cult, but Sam stops him. Back at the motel, Dean and Sam have an argument we'll talk about. Sam feels like he's got to be tougher because Dean's going to die is the gist. Uh, then the witches start casting a spell on Dean, and Sam hunts desperately for the hex bag, which he can't find. So he hops in the Impala and goes to find the witches. He bursts in on them with a cult and stops the spell, but it turns out they didn't actually know what's happening. Meanwhile, Ruby shows up and saves Dean with a potion, while Sam threatens the witches and figures out which one of them is the demon. He tries to shoot her with the cult, but she stops the bullet like she's Neo and throws Sam against the wall. Um, uh, the demon then kills one of the witches, uh, and Elizabeth is very freaked out. The demon monologues a while. She's not on the Sam side of the demon squabble and says a new leader is rising in the West. Uh, Dean then bursts in uh, completely ineffectually. She throws him against the wall, too. Uh, but then Ruby arrives. She and this demon have history and also vague romantic tension, uh, which Ruby uses to try to stab her but fails. Uh, they have a slugfest. Ruby loses. The demon reveals that Ruby was a witch who sold herself to her uh, and then begins to exercise her, which is feels like breaking demon rules to me. It's a messed up thing to do. Um, Elizabeth, meanwhile, had gone to do a spell, and the demon starts coughing up bobby pins. She kills Elizabeth for that, but it gives Dean the chance to stab her a billion times with Ruby's magic knife. Um, and the situation is dealt with, and Ruby tells the boys to leave. She'll clean up. In the denouement, Dean's outside their motel and has a chat with Ruby. This is where we learn that every demon was once human, and apparently Clive Barker got hell pretty correct. Anyway, Dean's pretty messed up that he'll become a demon and guesses correctly that Ruby doesn't actually know how to save him and just told Sam that so he'd help her. Uh, she says she remembers what it was like to be human and doesn't want the demons to win, which seems to give Dean some hope or at least trust in her. End of episode. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one was written this... by Ben Edlund. Oh, yeah, I forgot to Bedland. do that. Bedland. Um, I don't think this is one yeah. Of this episode, hits, honestly, it's like there's a lot. I like the second ben half more than the first half. Mm -hmm. Um, it took a turn that I wasn't expecting. There's some good drama there. Um, and I generally like the um, oh, what's that? What's that witch? What's that witch show about suburban witches? Bewitched. Charmed. I have no clue. Sabrina. Uh, bewitched. I'm thinking of bewitched. I said bewitched. That was my first guess. 
You're going to listen back over the audio and be so embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, it took a second for it to go through my head. Yeah, they're, they're doing a bewitched of like, oh, suburban witches using magic to make their lives better and that sort of thing. Yeah. Also charmed. Yeah, anyway, I kind of like that, but, the, but it's not really a, the focus of this episode. Mm-mm. They're, they're more using it to, to do demon stuff. Um, if we're going to get into the idea of, like, suburban witchcraft as, like, the the interplay of, like, um, gender and class in this episode, then there's also the fact that Janet, the woman who's killed in the beginning, is a black woman, and Tammy, yes. the witch who's possessed by a demon, is a Latina woman. Yep. Those are the only characters of color in the episode. The other witches are white. Which is not a good look. It's not the best Mm-mm. look. No. Yeah, there's a weird like I actually no, I guess there's not. I was going to say there's a there's a final girl situation with Elizabeth, but actually Elizabeth gets killed as well. So <laughs> Yeah, that was my note as well. Yeah, I was she... Like no final girl. <laughs> so final no girl final Ruby. girl smashes cell phone. Um Yeah, my first note is rip this pretty black woman. Yeah. It's a bad way to go. It's a bad way to go. I at first it was unclear to me whether or not she was dead because teeth falling out doesn't necessarily kill you, but now she died. Um. Also, my second note is always the palm with two exclamation points because they always cut on their palm. You should not do that if you're going to do yeah. blood magic. Yeah. Yeah. Do not cut your palm. So There's a lot of nerves there. Yeah. Don't do that. Literally anywhere else. I mean. I, 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 the last time we talked about this, I wanted to bring it up, but we, I decided we should just move on. But I do want to say, like, as a, um, not, not actually, like, for real life, but as a symbol, I think it works of, like, there's stuff there about hands and damaging the hands and, like, uh, uh, sacrifice and pain being used to fuel magic. Like, a hand is a very useful part of the body and like damaging it could be like symbolically more powerful than like cutting yourself somewhere else where it's not going to inconvenience you as much but uh that's that's my that's my like devil's advocatism more than anything i do agree that it's a silly place to do it if you just need blood don't do it like that yeah if you just need blood yeah if you're not trying to be symbolic yeah ritualistically it makes sense i guess is what i mean right um, my next note is that they're pretending to be from the CDC. I have love no that. reason to know yeah. that except we live in a society currently, so. Uh, they're, um, I guess, like, the, there's really nothing about what they're saying here, I don't think. Like, I tried to look up the, the words that they were saying, but I it, I only get transcripts for Supernatural, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're not saying anything, but I, I don't know what language this is even yeah it's not latin it looks mm -hmm. like it might be some form of like old english or like pre-latin like britain or something like but i don't know my instinct was like irish there's a lot of accent marks but i don't think it actually is there there is some yeah there is some irish vibes about it as well i was like but yeah i don't know if anyone knows email us yeah (laughs) Yeah, Fiao, she 
um, definitely g- gives me Irish vibes. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, also, while we're on the brief note of people contacting us, thanks to everyone who pointed out what happened to our audio last week. It was appreciated. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, it was my fault. Yeah, it was all Ash's fault. <laughs> Actually, it was kind of more my computer's fault. It was from Ash's end that things went wrong. <laughs> it was. It's true. Um, so then they go talk um, to Paul, right? Um, yeah. CDC mm-hmm. recommends checking your bathroom for hex bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I think this is the first time they've done uh, CDC compared to what they usually do. But it does make sense as far as like uh, a cover identity they would have because a lot of like weird monster stuff could be uh, obfuscated as some kind of weird obscure disease. Mm-hmm. Like Gordon and Kubrick could have uh, pretended to be like medical people instead of FBI when they are investigating the vampire stuff. Yeah, they probably should have, honestly. Well, I guess medical. I guess the CDC wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have the uh, authority to say good because if you had been bitten, we'd have to kill you. <laughs> I don't think the CDC quarantining or else. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish. I mean, either way, like, the FBI doesn't really have clearance to say that either. Yeah, no, but, but... But at least the FBI has, like, occupies that space in people's minds. Yes, exactly. More dangerous, um, more violent instances. Whereas the CDC is like, I am no longer asking. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Um... I love how much Dean hates witches, apparently. When Sam pulls out the hex egg, he goes, ah, gross. And then yeah. later in the car, he goes, I hate witches. They're always spewing their bodily fluids everywhere. He's such a germaphobe. <laughs> it's downright unsanitary. He's He is so not into, like, bodily fluids in the early seasons, I noticed. Yeah. I feel like it comes from, like, a sense of control. Where, like, he's mm-hmm. a neat freak mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, he'll leave his like dirty laundry all over the house well not house the motel room um he'll wash his socks in the sink but like god forbid the bed be actually dirty you know like, yeah he, he has to take care of if it's his dirt and bodily fluids it's no big deal yeah yeah and like he's grown up in motels he can't have too much of a like it's unreasonable to expect him to actually be like living in sanitary conditions 100% of the time, but it would definitely make sense that he doesn't mm-hmm. like that he's constantly in these conditions. Yeah. He doesn't want any more contact with unsanitary shit than he already has. Yeah. Just, like, sleeping. <laughs> also, what is he talking about spewing bodily fluids? Like, the only one that, that anyone in this episode spews is blood, which they deal with constantly anyway. I don't know. I felt like it might have been, like, an reference? exorcist thing, but that was a demon possession Um, so i have no idea i mean it might have something to do with the um like sympathy magic like spit uh, like or like requiring dna but often that is still like blood yeah i don't know it's weird um dean is a weirdo he's (laughs) so true happy birthday my boy happy birthday my little weird meow meow my next note is when they go save the guy. Yeah, from my, the my next note is slightly earlier than that when we see the disgusting buggy food in the oven. I go, ew, that's my whole note. It's gross. Um, but also, while <laughs> while Paul is eating, the car um, radio is playing. Uh, I put a spell on you. Oh, yeah. It's good. 
Yeah. Yes. It's, it's good. really good. I'm um I'm sad about uh Amanda and Elizabeth. They seem like good friends. Elizabeth's mm-hmm. really sad about what happened to her. Mm-hmm. She calls her sweetie at the when they're in that scene where they're talking. Yeah. We love to see a pair of girl bosses winning. Yeah, it's Elizabeth true. is just such, like a darling. Amanda did kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, she did. Mm-hmm. Two somebodies. But you know what? We support women's wrongs on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't support the glorification <laughs> of murder, but I do support the empowerment of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> note also, um, actually, two two notes. Uh, first note is at the start of this episode, I was like, ooh, we got a suburban murder mystery. We got to figure out who's the witch. That's fun. And then immediately the show shows us the witch. Yeah. Um, which Which I had like a mini discussion about the fact that this show often seems like self-conscious in a way that it's like, we got to show you the thing. We can't let it be slow. We have to, this is a witch episode. We need to show you the witches immediately um, in a way that I think often, like I've been having thoughts about why the supernatural, like a lot of the time for me, like does horror badly. And I think it, in at least in, is in part because it really wants to show you the thing. Mm-hmm. It it yeah. is desperate to have your attention and doesn't want you to turn turn the channel. It's a show that needs uh, to be watched more than it needs to be good. Yeah. Which like capitalism, everything wants to be watched and doesn't care how much you actually like. Yeah, it. Um, which is not unique to Supernatural, but Supernatural is especially egregious about it. It's like you must be looking at me. Are you still looking? Fifteen seasons later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a thing that's particularly endemic to the style of TV. Mm-hmm. It's just keep the content flowing. And then the anime and um, the novels and the podcasts, not yes. ours. The, yes, the Rich and Rob podcast. <laughs> the, yeah, the official uh, one. The official they literally rewatch. stole our idea. I feel like they, they should be giving us royalties. Not that we are the first. I, part of me is like, should I? Should I listen to that and see if they say anything interesting? But also, I don't have time for that. Yeah, I think Gabe's listening to it, so... Okay, all right, cool. As far as Shout I know, out. most of the Desti Cool on Tumblr is not listening to it. That's what Gabe said, because nobody cares. Which is about the highlights from the, the select few who are brave enough. Uh-huh. Shoutouts. I love that the hex bag burns blue. Like uh-huh. a, yeah, a really, really did. bright shade of blue. Finally, we get um, some fun flames. Yeah, when the little when the little puff of fire goes up on uh, Amanda's altar, my note is this is why fire safety is the most important part of witchcraft. Yeah, it's true. She should have a she should have had a fire extinguisher on hand. Mm-hmm. Not that it would have stopped the the demon killing her, but well, you know how it is. Um, also of note, she does magic in her lingerie for some reason. I'm just reminded of that Good Omens quote of like most yeah. books on witchcraft yeah. say that witches practice magic in uh naked that's because most witchcraft books are written by men yep yeah <laughs> that's like the big feel of this scene and then when she dies she just women. like she collapses onto her table yep her glass coffee table and then we get like a cool shot of her from under the table and then for some reason the camera zooms out and we get her tits yeah just smushed up against the glass. It's not great. Thanks, Supernatural. It's so weird. Like from a um, sen- like obviously was, from uh, a it, misogyny this one was point directed of view, by bad. Robert Singer. Ah. Uh, uh. It it would have been a good shot if she was wearing anything else. Yeah. But instead, yeah. it's just tasteless. Yeah. 
Also, the CGI for her blood is really bad. <laughs> oh yeah, the oh CGI God, on the so the cuts funny. are so bad. It's so bad. Um. So then the boys find her body. Dean once again is upset about witches. He almost walked into like a rabbit that was hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> "Come on, why does the rabbit always get screwed in the deal? Poor little guy. Poor little yeah, guy. Poor little guy. Solidarity." <laughs> <laughs> so true. Dean recognizes a fellow poor little guy <laughs> who got screwed in the deal. Yep. Oof. Oof. Um, then Dean like calls, I would assume the cops, uh, to report a dead body at this address, and he goes, "My name? Yeah, sure. My name is." Hangs up the phone. Yeah. He's he's so cute. It's really good. Yeah. Don't know if it would work, but listen, it's, it's, they got the information. Cool. They're gonna go check it out. So. Well, I don't mean like would the would the ambulance come? I just mean like would they just let it go? <laughs> this guy came and you know very calmly reported a dead body. Yeah, he but made the dead body. What are they gonna do? Call it's, him I back mean, it's and hope he picks up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they can track. Okay. Right? Well, Dean's used to ditching cell phones, so it's fine. Yeah. He can leave this phone right. Well, wipe his prints off first. Hopefully. He puts it in his pocket. Well, that's true. He can smash it. He should have called from. Yeah, he should have called from her home phone. With gloves on. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. and then wiped it. Yeah, with gloves on. We're better at this than they are. <laughs> so true. <laughs> People who write how to get away with murder. <laughs> um, I didn't know that the white suburban witch coven was a trope. Uh, so yeah. I was really excited about it in this episode. Yeah, I, think I mean it's still I fun. There's something but... like interesting there about like the. I don't know, like the weaponization of white femininity or something, except that not all the witches are white, which complicates that. But like, there is something mm -hmm. to analyze. It just feels like Supernatural uh -huh. isn't doing it. Supernatural's playing with pre-existing pre ideas more than it is like saying interesting things is, I think, like a thesis statement about the show in general. <laughs> yeah, TBH. <laughs> um... Because, yeah, when I thought, because when Dean's like, Little Witch on Witch Violence, I was like, ooh, is this, like, another seedy underbelly of uh, Suburbia episode? I like those. Um, but there isn't actually any real drama amongst the witches. It's just a demon's killing them. Yeah. <laughs> or the demon I... killed Amanda because she was she she was um, going too far, I guess. She was making them too uh, recognizable. Yeah. Um, I love how clicky the coven is, too. Like how um, they have a determination post. They're very much just mean yeah. girls, but grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these were the people who tormented you in high school, and one of them definitely went into nursing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I can't remember her name, but they're like Queen Bee. Renee. She's Renee. Renee. Yeah, she's just so dislikable in a way I love, where. She is the Karen from the PTO. Yeah, she is extremely yeah. the Karen. What is she has a HOA. what does she sell? She has a a pottery right uh, pottery business. It's so like Pinterest. Also, yeah, she got her husband Ron promoted. They got a trip. They want a trip to Hawaii. Oh no, wait. No, Elizabeth went to Hawaii. No, right. Your no, never mind. It's someone else's husband. She says your. That's her talking. I think Renee is married to Ron, who's doing fantasy football yeah. with his friends while they do book club. Yes. And he, but who he makes has fun the of them husband? saying that nobody even brings a book anymore. Um, so it's all. Oh, books. I guess They're Elizabeth, because Tammy's the. Yeah. Yes. That's funny. No, Ron, they do they have, are not they gossiping. Do, they are having they have, their Their book club is the Book of Shadows. Mm -hmm. I do think that's funny. That's cute. 
Yeah. I, I feel bad for Ron. He comes home yeah. and his house is Everyone's absolutely dead. mangled. Yeah. yeah, what did literally everyone How did Ruby, Ruby deal with Ron? Maybe she just killed him. This all happened in it. He would get that he, they, this all happened within an hour because Ron gets back from his fantasy football in an hour, which is wild to think about all this happening in an hour. Ruby's a fast cleanup. Yeah. I mean, she can teleport, so she can teleport. Could it would, and she's got super strength, so you could probably just pick up all the bodies and How do you clean up all the blood? Well, that's the part that takes the, the better part of an hour. Getting rid of the bodies is easy oh. when you're a demon. Once again, recommending the Southern Book Club's Guide to Killing Vampires. Yeah. Um, their, their book club's conversation about like what they've all been getting from book club um, is very expository dialogue. It's not bad. It's just like a little bit lazy and convenient. Yeah. It's like, hey, remember what we've gotten? Like, she knows. But they, she is like yeah. behaving in a way that would make her remind her. So like I'm not mad at it and just Yeah, it's interested. not bad. It's it's fine as far as expository dialogue goes. Sometimes you have to exposit. Like there are more subtle ways you can show that. Yeah, but like the you alternative know, you're, way you're that Supernatural would episodic. do this is like the boys if they were doing a murder mystery episode Investigate. Like, would have to figure out which um people have like a run of luck. Which I guess from the boys' side yeah. they did, but like we don't focus on that because we already know. Yeah, we who don't they see are. yeah. Yeah. Um, when they go uh, interrogate Elizabeth when she's gardening, uh, they <laughs> Sam says, I'm Detective Bachman. This is Detective Turner, which is a reference to the band Bachman Turner Overdrive, um, which is I, I thought was cute. As far as so far glad as, we have someone who understands. <laughs> yeah. As far as band things, references go. References and I go, that's a reference and move on. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. It's just like as far as band references go, it's a slightly more um niche reference than usual mm -hmm. also they're, they're canadian Leslie. they're from winnipeg oh i'm looking at the oh, wow. trivia page the trivia section on the wiki page i do that every single time and um uh -huh. it confirms the bachman turner overdrive thing but it also says that uh when amanda flips through her book some of the text is in irish feeling very vindicated a lot of it seems ah. to be taken from the irish translation of the christian lord's prayer although the wording has been altered quite mm. a bit in some of the lines examples include string of irish that i'm not going to be able to say translated to mm. our father who art in your kingdom and another string but deliver us from evil mm. so they i don't know why this irish christian prayer would be in her evil witchcraft book but it sure is it's very funny considering dean later makes the joke we're pretty sure she was using the wrong bible that yeah funny. um also yeah when sam says her house is filled with satanic paraphernalia dean says a regular black sabbath and elizabeth says no that but she was an episcopalian <laughs> Which yeah. is just a funny line. Mm -hmm. And then Renee shows up and goes, Mrs. Renee Van Allen. Mrs. Renee, yeah. Yeah, she's, it's really funny. As if the, as if the Van in her name means that she's important. Yeah, and then. As look, if we're uh, supposed to. Scene, yeah, in the next scene, Sam repeats it and goes, looks like Mrs. Renee Van Allen. And like repeats it exactly the same way with like the sarcastic little head wobble. It's really good. Yeah. Mock her ass, Sam. Do it. Um, yeah. I, I I just want I just want to say it is it is extremely funny whenever that's like used to be something fancy because it just means like by or from. Like it's not a it's not it's a noble signifier. Yeah. Like like uh, Van Dyke means you live by the dyke. You live by the dyke. You die by the dyke. <laughs> okay. Sorry. 
Uh, Dean says that Mrs. Renee Van Allen is a regular Martha Stewart, um, which is funny because Martha Stewart going to jail. But uh-huh. Like, that's not the reference he's making. <laughs> no. Um, but another, like, indication of the gender, race, class, politics going on here. Um, also, I forgot to mention on that note, like, the way that she mentions the Hawaii vacation as, like, something that would make up for the fact that people are dying. Elizabeth is like, people are dying. And yeah. she's like, yeah, but you yeah. went to Hawaii, remember? Yeah, you went to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Um, It's... I like that Dean gets to be the detective for once. He's like, do you see that? He calls it a victory garden, which is weird to me. Dean, again, can only ever communicate in references to things. Uh, for those who don't know, victory gardens were a thing during World War One and Two, where people were encouraged to uh, plant food in their gardens to supplement, like, food rationing and all that. Um, but that's, like, that's completely a thing before Dean's time. Uh, it feels like very but, uh, I mean obviously it wasn't only America doing this I know that like England also did victory gardens but yeah. like, it does feel very Americana in the sense that it like evokes this patriotism sense that's true mm-hmm. uh, but yeah anyway he notices all her all her witch stuff what, what, yeah Belladonna, Wolfsbane, Mandrake it's a cool garden mm-hmm. uh, then Sam says that they need to be stopped and Dean goes, stopped, like, stopped, yep. meaning killed. And Dean says, they're human, Sam. And Sam says, they're murderers. They're murderers. And so they go, burn, witch, burn. And- Dean, Dean <laughs> goes along with this so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there's a conversation about this later that we'll talk about regarding, like, Dean's discomfort around Sam agreeing with him more. Yeah. I can't remember if that's this episode or the next episode. It's just, but... it's so blatant. They're human versus they're murderers. They're... Like, murderers no longer yep. count as human. Once you've killed human beings, you don't get to be a human being anymore, and therefore you are deservant of death. Like, yeah. You don't need to say it so this loud. Is kinda, this is kind of what I was, t- what I um brought up uh, back in, oh man, the, the Hollywood episode, uh, Hollywood Babylon, about what they would have done with. Uh, the ghost summoner guy if uh the show had not with the necromancer uh if the show had not dealt with that problem for them and again it deals with the witches for them as well yeah like yeah Mm -hmm. they don't have like they can't they all the ways of dealing with them would be bad but like they can't even do the quote-unquote traditional way which is like calling the having getting them arrested and like having a trial for murder because that because you can't because yeah. people don't know about magic. And like once and again, so the, like, yeah, the Sam only is, way they can stop Sam things is, is by killing I think, them. I would like to say Sam is narratively wrong for saying t- to kill human beings, um, but they are like dabbling in the supernatural, and therefore like the human monster divide yeah. is blurred enough that he's allowed to say that they should kill them, and it's only like a little bit suspicious that like Dean is surprised that Sam would say that, um, but once again, mm-hmm. they don't actually have to kill them. So they don't, we don't get the, yeah. like, question of whether it was morally wrong to kill them because they didn't do it, so it's fine. Yeah, we never get the show coming down on a stance of, like, what it what it thinks is morally right because it keeps giving the boys alibis or, like, ways to avoid actually dealing with that question. Mm-hmm. Which because Tammy is going to keep happening and, and we're going to keep talking about well, it. Well, Tammy killed all of them. Tammy killed Renee, um, Amanda, yes. and Tammy's the demon, Elizabeth. which means she's Tammy okay is the to demon, kill. So they can definitely kill her. Yeah. Even though there's a person in there, which the show yeah, has mostly forgotten about. Her, but they could have exercised her. Just stop bothering. Yep. 
Um, I love, if we're ready to move on from that. Yeah. I love Ruby just kind of showing up in the middle of the road. She's so dramatic. She is very <laughs> like, it's dramatic. It's not that she's a and ghost. And she makes the she car stop. She could get hit by a car. She makes the Impalus, like, break down. Which is probably contributing to Dean wanting to immediately kill her. Yeah. Probably. Um, and while he's pointing the cult at her, she says, point that thing somewhere else. And he goes, ha, 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 right. With, like, this extreme deadpan. It's very funny. It's good, yeah. Um, I also think, knowing what we know now after watching the episode, when Sam and Dean are like, I think we can handle a few kitchen witches. And Ruby says, I don't mean the witches. Witches are whores. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Especially considering she was a witch, yeah. 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 Very much, um the the opposite of empathy of like i've been through what you've been through and i see how stupid you are and thus have no empathy for you yeah also very like not like other girls which is like a big thing for yeah Ruby, as we'll see um yeah just just the way she's like yeah tearing down other women because she's better than them like you don't have to do that girl it's okay you can yep not do that yeah, there's a lot of misogyny in this scene in general, both from Dean to Ruby and also from Ruby toward other women. Yes. Um, yeah, this is this is interesting, the, like, witches get their power from demons thing, considering the boys have done rituals prior to this, and also, like, we've had, like, Kudu as a positive thing on screen, which is, like, separate from witchcraft, but shares similarities as far as, like, rituals to do magic stuff goes, and, like... There's been nothing in the show at this point that has made a hardline stance on where, uh, like, hoodoo practitioners get their power from. Uh, but, like, and also, like, we know because it's a religion, like, in the real world. But also, I would not expect the show to, like, deal with that well. My point being, it's interesting that here it's like, oh, yeah, magic comes from demons. But that's not always been the case. So I'm if magic mm -hmm. always comes from somewhere... And not is not like inherent to the magic itself in the way that we talked about like exorcisms working, despite the fact that Dean doesn't believe in like a god. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's that's kind of interesting to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is kind of something that gets largely kind of dropped. Okay. Yeah. In the later seasons, I can't remember a time when like the actual spellcraft is. At all connected to demons, it's more connected yeah, I to. I think it might be specific the to power witches. of the practitioner. You know, like witches specifically are doing magic via demon, um, not deals, but like well, what, dealing with. What, Even what then, I think separates categorically think... witches from other magic practitioners. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think if this was kept up, then a witch would be someone who uses magic through um, dealing with a demon. Right. Um, okay. Kind of like like a warlock versus a sorcerer. Right. Yeah. Well, I think about, like, which characters who get more development and who actually give us a backstory on witchcraft. And I think what, at large, the canon accepts is that it's, it's a part of, like, willpower and a certain, like, inherent ability. That's oh, really that. funny, considering they what Tammy says later. It's really yeah. funny. I think I think what's probably more likely is that Tammy is specifically a demon that entraps witches and okay. forces them to sell their souls. 
in return for effortless magic. Mm. Um, because we see later on that magic is kind of like a really intensive thing, I guess. I mean, it doesn't get like much harder than what they're doing, but they yeah, I mean, they're they still do doing more... rituals and stuff. They're yeah. still getting like sympathetic tokens and all that. Yeah, we'll stuff. we'll definitely have to talk about this uh, later when we get to a certain character. Okay. Um, because she's where most of the stuff about witchcraft comes from. Um, I'm just and... gonna just to to clarify what I was saying for those who have not seen the episode. I'm just gonna jump ahead here and read what Tammy says when uh, she's like, "Who did you think you were praying to?" She says, "What did you think it was? Make believe, positive thinking, the secret." Uh, which shoutouts to the show making fun of the secret. <laughs> um, which yeah is like goes against the um like essentialism slash like sorcerer versus warlock situation of like she seems to be implying that magic has to come from somewhere mm -hmm. but uh i guess that's not true well demons yeah lie, the right? the Immediately. demons do lie that's that's uh -huh. fair that's fair the watsonian uh explanation uh -huh. i think is that she's lying and yes. is just conning them yeah. the doyalist is that they're stupid and they don't remember things that they've written <laughs> well listen it's a lot of show to watch you want them to catch up on all of supernatural before they start writing supernatural i mean ge generally generally people writing in a shared world will have a set list of rules slash God, I like know what the supernatural shared knowledge looks like <laughs> shared knowledge about the metaphysics of reality yeah me too so if Star Wars has the the holocron keepers, then Supernatural uh -huh. should too. <laughs> um, so back that to that doesn't stop Star Wars Dean from from going out and saying, "Never it's mind." Like, yeah, we won't. I we'll talk about Plo Koon right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean, we've already said that there's a lot of misogyny in this scene. Dean calls her a bitch and then a skank immediately after. Yep. Stop doing that. He's not going to stop. Dean crimes. Um, but then he says, she says, you care, right, you care about your brother so much. That's why you're checking out in a few months, leaving him all alone. And he just keeps saying, shut up. And she says, at least let me try and save him since you won't be here to do it anymore. And that's when he tries to Oof. shoot her. Um, yeah. Ouch. Uh, she was also, really provoking him there. Yeah. This is the first mm -hmm. time that they waste a cult bullet, like fire at yeah. nothing. Um, which I think is like a significant turning point in how they view the cult. Like it used to be like every bullet was precious. And now that they have yeah. this ability to make they more, make they're allowed bullets, to treat yeah. it like just a gun. Not to mention Ruby's magic knife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The demystification of the cult. Which again, feels OP to me. Slash also maybe the, maybe the cult was the wrong way to go. Oh boy, <laughs> I cannot gonna... wait. It's just kind of funny of like, oh yeah, if you bl like the metal you choose to sanctify or whatever are these bullets which are single use versus sanctifying the metal of a knife which you can use forever. So then Dean goes back to bioessentialist monster, anti-monster rhetoric where he's like, she's a demon, period. They want us dead. We want them dead. Um, and Sam's yeah. like, well, you didn't want Casey dead back in um, Sin City 3-4. Yep. Um, and like weirdly... Dean being like stubborn about all demons being evil versus hesitant to kill yeah. witches. But I guess demons are less human and he didn't yet know what he finds out next episode. Oh no, at the end of this episode, sorry. He didn't yet know that demons yeah. were people. It it also feels sort of I guess it I guess by the end of this episode he reaches a compact with Ruby, but it does feel kind of like reverse 
character development versus like com- based on like how he ended up thinking about Casey and like not wanting her dead. But uh, I guess it's thinking about it generously. He's more he's using the fact that she's in a, a demon as an excuse, whereas his real feelings are uh, she hit his weak point and made him mad. Mm hmm. It is very funny that Dean says, we kill her before she kills us, and Sam says, kill her with what? The gun she fixed for us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dean, Sam says that we're not just hunting anymore, we're at war. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, the stakes are higher for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, here Dean says the thing I referenced earlier, you seem less and less worried about offing people. You know, it used to eat you up inside. And Sam says, yeah, and what has that gotten me? Dean says, nothing, but it's just what you're supposed to do, okay? Dean, like, turning and reading the scripts or, like, referencing Literally, the tropes of the like, episodes. He time. says, yeah, we're supposed to drive in the freaking car and freaking argue about this stuff. You know, you go on about the sanctity of life and all that crap, which... Sam, you're being really OOC. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, you're breaking up the formula of the episodes. Yeah, which is crazy yeah, and then on Sam like says, so many levels. Just the the fact that like he's aware that his life is formulaic, but he likes it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam says, you're mad because I'm starting to agree with you. Dean says, I'm not mad. I'm worried. I'm worried because you're not acting like yourself. Sam says, I'm not. You're right. I'm not. I don't have a choice. I got to stay here in this crap hole of a world after you're gone. Uh, basically, he says, it's the way I see it, if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to fight this war after you're gone, then I got to change. Change into what? Into you. I got to be more like you. Fighting and <sighs> screaming and crying. And then the plot interrupts yeah. wherever interesting directions that would have gone, but yeah, it's fine. Just the way that Sam mm-hmm. equates like survival alone with being like Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the way, like, Dean shaped himself into, like, the image of John, and now Sam is shaping himself into the image of Dean. It's so... And Dean don't like that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Sam's supposed to be the, the pure one. Yeah, Dean hates mm-hmm. himself so much that he can't stand the idea of Sam being like him. Yeah, which, uh, we're gonna talk about who the real Dean is <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to how to who the performance is next episode. But there is a certain degree of like, what are Dean's like real morals? Like quote unquote real, you know, like it's, it's uh, deep down inside. Like what does he actually feel to be true versus what is he trying to convince himself? He like needs to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Dean, is which like is yeah. Interesting. Doubling over in pain. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's on his period, <laughs> um, but he does like as he's he's like collapsing. You know, he does this little like grab for Sam. It's so cute. It, it's he's yeah. just a little guy. The way his voice breaks when he says something's wrong, man. Uh, he's just he's dying, and then Sam is like the saddest little like rummage around in the room, and then decides the best use of his time while Dean is yeah. choking up blood is to go drive somewhere. Like Sam, you could have just kept yep. looking. He, he didn't even like check the other bed. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, how would the witches get the hex bag into the mattress? Like he cuts it open with his knife. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Like, how, there's not gonna be a hex bag in there. It's a mattress. It's already, like, how would they have gotten it in the first place? That's a good point. And, like, okay, I can say Sam was not thinking clearly because he's panicking because Dean yeah. is literally dying in front of him. But, yeah. King, this is your life. 
<laughs> Literally. So then he drives yeah. all the way to their house again. Yeah. But like I said, the fact that this all happens in the span of an hour is wild to me. The show's concept of distance and time and how quickly things happen continues to be um, as the plot demands. Mm-hmm. So Sam shows up to point a gun at the witches, and they're like, what are you talking about? And Dean, meanwhile, is choking and coughing. Ruby comes in and spills goop into his mouth. Um uh, he he well, okay one second he said you want to kill me get in line bitch and then she gives him the potion and she says stop calling me bitch fuck yes fuck yes yeah <laughs> yeah tell him girl um the scene where sam bursts in on the witches um is very like i i like to imagine it from the witch's perspective as like a, a fuck around and find out situation that is like just interesting to me from a story perspective. Like imagine being these witches. Imagine if the protagonists were these witches and they're just doing a spell that they think is gonna what was this like to to get a get raise? A lower mortgage rate. Oh, no, to get to get, get a mortgage. Mortgage rate. Yeah, and they're just doing that, and suddenly this guy with a gun who seems to know like way more about way more than them about all this stuff just bursts in on them and tells them they're doing something that they didn't think they were doing. Um, it's just interesting to me, uh, as a, like an escalation, I guess. I like how, um, like just completely baffled they all are. Uh, obviously Tammy is acting, but the other two are not. There's like some good little micro expressions, uh, from Elizabeth who's like, she's like shakes her head. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and the way they like scatter, that's a, it was a well-directed scene as far as like keeping things tense and like expressing from the witches like how wild this whole situation is for them yeah also very funny that they're doing like witchcraft to get mortgage rates black magic rituals yeah can it's save great 15 percent or great. more on your mortgage <laughs> it's really good <laughs> uh yeah i like the also the way uh we intercut between these two scenes yes then dean whose face is a little bit cleaned up uh goes what was that stuff god it was ass it tasted like ass. Like no comment. Mm, Dean knows what ass is. Hmm. <laughs> Thinking emoji. Then she calls him short bus ableism. Yep. 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 And he has Thanks, Ruby. no retort. <laughs> yeah. Dean doesn't know what to do when women are snarky back at him. It's great. <laughs> also, she yeah. walked out before he could even answer. So like he didn't even have yes. time to formulate a response. Like both both Bella and Ruby, Dean's like, I don't know what to do with this. Women keep being mean to him. God, those bitches. <laughs> yeah. How do we feel about Sam deducing the demon here? Detective Sammy is at it again. I feel like this was really very stupid on her part. Like she could have pretended. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I guess she wasn't expecting an investigator to come. And, like, mess up her situation because America's big and there aren't that many hunters, but still. Yeah, but, like, maybe your friends would Yeah, maybe it was just... No. Like, eventually they'd be like, what, and what yeah. do you want? Um, that's just true. Like, Nothing, that's, that's I just love point. helping you. I just get a rush of doing witchcraft. Like, weird. Um, and then she just gives up so easily. She's like, keeps going, I can't, I'm not, I don't... And then just immediately drops in, does the black eye flash and goes, nice dick work, Magnum. <laughs> what why would you say that i get that it's a reference it's just it's 
don't like that one. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. funny. It's just stupid. Uh, and then Sam is Moses coded for saying, let my brother go. That was a joke. I don't actually think that was Moses coding. <laughs> the one thing I will say for later Supernatural seasons is that they will just, they'll name demons at least. Like, we'll get at least a little bit of information. Like, we have, she's so powerful she could stop the cult bullet. Yeah. But we have no idea who she is. We just have I to like the slow-mo they use for the cult bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah um sam shoots the colt and tammy picks up her hand and stops it and when the bullet hits the floor elizabeth gasps like you didn't gasp at the gunshot yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was just such a delay it was so weird um part of why if i if i think about tammy giving up part part of it it feels like um the jig is up to a degree like she uh it feels like she was really annoyed like having to do this uh the way she just turns on renee and elizabeth um it seems like there was some built up like this demon did not like living the suburban life doing this sort of petty stuff yeah that's Mm -hmm. fair this is yeah this is a lot of trouble to go through for like two or three souls for yeah like she's not even getting to kill anyone in the meantime um but yeah, the big thing here is uh, the the leader rising in the West. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. I'm curious what your thoughts are as someone who's never seen the show before. Um, we got a we got a. Well, I guess it's a demon. It's not a. It's not another human like Sam. I guess the thing. My major thoughts about this, honestly, are like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I I don't even if they. <laughs> this plotline feels really defanged by the fact that Sam, instead of escalating in his psychic power stuff has been completely like nerfed like yeah of course sam of course the demon why would why would any demons want to follow sam he's just a guy like i don't buy any of the antichrist stuff any of like the show trying to be like oh what if sam came back wrong what if what if like x or y like what if he's bad now it's like you took his powers away like there's nothing there he's just a guy why would any demon follow him they all have magic powers Sam is lying and or doesn't know about his own powers. I guess that's fair, but it's still not, it still doesn't work for me. <laughs> that's fair. You need to show the character like being a threat. Mm-hmm. I don't get any of that from Sam. Speaking of I don't get, I have no idea why Tammy killed Amanda. She was the one who was actually killing people. Why would Tammy not yeah. want to keep her around? Well, well my, my thought on that was... Um, like I said earlier, she was being too, she was moving too quickly and yeah, too blatantly. Too she was being too conspicuous, yeah. I guess. It's not like demons are known for their subtlety usually. Well, but this one's a con artist. Yeah, this artist, one does seem like so... a little bit smarter. Fine. Yeah. Sneak here. Um, throughout most of this scene, Jared's acting is just kind of like, I guess his face is moving. Um, like while he's pinned to the wall, it just like shows him occasionally while the witches talk. Um, and he's just like making faces. He's expressing. Mm-hmm. What is he expressing? I do not know. He sure is emoting. Is he emoting well? No. It's kind of a constipation face. Uh huh. We should talk about the history Ruby has with this demon. That's an interesting yes, part of this scene. We yeah. absolutely must. Um, first, first Dean walks in exes. and just immediately gets fucking wrecked. <laughs> he like runs yeah. in with his shotgun and just gets thrown over the sofa and pinned to the wall get on it's really good yeah it's really funny i love it when the winchesters get taken down a peg or two it's like what was your plan dean 
literally. His plan was to shoot her. So then Ruby walks in flirtatiously. Mm-hmm. I've been lost without you. Take me back. And then, and then like, it just gets more erotically charged the closer she gets to her. Yeah. She says, let me serve you again. I've wanted it. I've wanted you for so long. <sighs> Dean raises his eyebrows because he can see that this is going a specific direction. Dean's like, lesbians? <laughs> Lesbian babs. Oh, but also while Ruby says, that's why I led the Winchesters here, Dean, like, really angrily mouths, I told you so, to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. It's the most obvious bait in the world. Like, what she's yeah. doing, too. It's so funny. The, the the transcript editorializes with Dean lifts his eyebrows at this hot demon chick on hot demon chick flirtation. Yep. And then Tammy calls her a lying whore and they have the lamest yep. little fight scene. Like, these are literally they, demons. Why are they just brawling they and, like, a, punching each other? Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. It's, um, it's not great. They ran out of the effects budget when they made that gross turkey full of worms. It's true. Used up all the effects on the blue fire. But uh, but yeah, Ruby was a witch. Yep. Backstory. Backstory. This is like not a revelation for us because you guys told yeah, me about this already. About already. But this is where we first find out that demons were people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Centuries ago. Um, for some reason, my next note, I think this is just later, but... um. Oh, no, it's not my next note, but late, uh, later on, Dean asks how long ago she died and was human. Uh, and she says back when the plague was big, so Ruby died of COVID. Ha. Huh. Um, also, Tammy calls her love. Yeah. Diversity win. <laughs> <laughs> the demons murdering you are gay. Um. Yeah, presumably it's the Black Plague, but also could have been the Spanish flu. Yeah, maybe. Um, Dean stabbing Tammy is, like... He stabs her so many times. So many times. Yeah. Like, Ruby kills some of the deadly sins with a slash to the throat. King, you only gotta stab her once. It's a magic knife. It's a one hit kill, I'm fairly Mm -hmm. sure. The cult sure seems to be. He's never used this thing before. It looks dumb, but I I stand behind his decision. I don't. Listen, if he stabs her just once and she just kept moving, you'd be annoyed. You'd be like, why didn't he just keep stabbing her? So he did. I mean, I guess. Um, so then Ruby promises to clean up the mess, and next up we have Dean and Ruby. Mm-hmm. We do. It's it's very good. The lights are, like, flickering, which is always a fun effect, but it's done, like, especially well here. He's, like, outside in, like, the motel parking lot, um, and, like, all the lights are, fla- are flashing a little bit, which is always nice. It's, like, dark, spooky. Um, and he says, let me get this straight. You were human once. You died. You went to hell. You became awe. And you can't even say demon. She just says, yeah. He's so scared. And he says, is it every demon? And she says, everyone I've ever met. And she says, um, yep. most of them have forgotten what it means. That's what happens when you go to hell, Dean. That's what hell is, forgetting what you are, which is a fucking excellent concept. And this is where, like, Ben Edlund actually gets to show that he is Ben Edlund. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really she good. She says it's not philosophy, it's not a metaphor, but like, it's not not a metaphor. Yeah. The idea that hell is forgetting who you are is very cool. Also, stream Hades Town. Mmm. <laughs> Thinking emoji. Anyway, yeah, this is the where the Hellraiser reference I've mentioned is, which is, feels interesting. Yeah. Considering what Hellraiser is about. Yeah. 
because the now that I've actually seen Hellraiser, it's because that it kind of goes against what she's saying because the point of like the point of uh like the Cenobites and stuff is that they're not evil; they're like beyond that and like are something that people seek out deliberately rather than being rather than like demons. Cenobites only want generally only want people who are interested in being like them whereas it seems like if you go to hell in supernatural like you will become them you'll become demonic like no matter what yeah which maybe maybe <laughs> maybe ruby hasn't actually seen hellraiser <laughs> maybe she just means well, all the like they were talking about like and... literally the sense of like fire and agony yes um so this is where dean says that there's no way of saving him um, and Ruby says, no, it was just to get Sam to talk to you. You Winchesters can be pretty bigoted. So once again, uh, Ruby pointing out the spoofing of fantasy racism. Mm -hmm. I mean, bigoted doesn't just mean racist. Though. No, but like last time it was Ruby who said, don't be such a racist. So like once again, Ruby is That's the one true. to point this out. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um. Uh, and then she laughs at him and says, look at you trying to be all stoic. My God, it's heartbreaking. Which, yeah, it is. Don't make fun of my boy. <laughs> and then Ruby is... Ruby is not only not like other girls, Ruby is not like other demons. She says, isn't it obvious? Mm -hmm. I'm not like them. I don't know why. I wish I was, but I'm not. I remember what it's like being human. Like, okay. Why don't you... She goes, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat? I'm a weirdo. <laughs> without this stupid knife? That's weird. Uh, I did sort of wish... Um, I did sort of wish that based on the knowledge I had, it's fairly clear to me that she's lying here, just because I would have been interested. Or, I can't... That doesn't make sense. I'm curious what alternate reality me, who didn't know anything, would think, like, whether she was lying here or not. But I don't know. Well, are we allowed to say whether or not you're right about that? Uh, no, don't. Okay. I just, like, I'm, I right now think that she's lying based on what I know. And I'm curious if I would think I was lying if I knew nothing is my, my core point here. Right. Because it is kind of suspicious. Like, yeah, why are you the only one? It's a very bad, um, excuse of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I just happen to be special. Mm-hmm. Manic pixie demon girl. <laughs> uh, that was my last note for this episode. Do we have anything else? My only note is that I feel bad for Ron, which I already talked about. So, Ron is a real victim. Wow, way to prioritize male suffering, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have stuff to say, but I'll save it for the end of next episode because we can tie the conversation there back into this scene. I think. I yes. think. Um, all these women got fridged for Ron specifically. Ron is the main character, actually. <laughs> I just, okay, not to get, like, too real on the haha -ha funny joke post, but I think it's just kind of my worst fear to, like, walk into a situation and have, like, people dead and not be able to do anything about it. Yeah, that's fair. So, way to mock my trauma, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're both canceled. Is that fair? Yes. There we go. Twitter, do you think? Um, I'm looking again at the trivia section of the wiki page, which I said correctly the first time this time. And um, 
in the newspaper while Sam is doing research, there's a little shout out to one of the assistant art directors, Liz Goldwyn. Oh, cute. That's adorable. Um, yeah, okay. Let's do, let's do actor facts and move on then. So, got, got a few for this one. Um, Tammy is Marisa Ramirez, uh, who plays Maria um, Baez, is I think how you would say that, uh, on Blue Bloods. Don't watch Blue Bloods. It's a bad show, but she's the main character on it, so shout out to that actress, I guess, for getting paid. Uh, <laughs> Renee, uh, the blonde witch dude is like the kind of leader, I guess, uh, we talked about her, um, is Kristen Booth, uh, who plays Tessa on The Boys. Uh, Shane on Signed, Sealed, Delivered, Bonnie in Orphan Black, and Ethel Kennedy on The Kennedys. So she's been in, in a bunch of stuff. Also, is in another Kripke show. Yeah. And That uh, also stars Jensen Ackles. Yes. And uh, finally, Elizabeth is Aaron Cahill, who played the Pink Ranger on Power Rangers Time Force. Um, Good for and her. it seemed, well, Isn't it's kind of all down. Isn't the you said did a Power Ranger? Yes. Uh, you say good for her, but unfortunately, it's kind of all downhill for her career. Then from there, there's—I don't think she's ever been a major character in anything since then. Unfortunately, I would imagine that Power Rangers Time Force did not do very well. That's it. We're gonna take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk about episode ten. Dream of the Dream. <laughs> dream a little dream of me the teleplay was written by katherine humphreys the episode is written by katherine humphreys and sarah gamble so you know it's going to be a lot um we start mm. with our recap including scenes of bella lisa dean's going to hell worrying um and ruby saying that all demons were human ones just to set the tone uh we open in bobby's house he's being attacked by a screaming woman the screen flashes and he is asleep in a motel bed. The maid, who is an Asian woman, gets worried when he doesn't respond to her. We flash between his sleeping unresponsive body and her attempts to wake him and the version of him being attacked, apparently in his dream. The maid screams for help. Title card. Abar is playing Doobie Brothers Long Train Running, which I don't know, but it sounds good in this scene. Sam is day drinking. Dean finds yeah, him and song. is concerned by this Dean-typical behavior manifesting in Sam-atypical Sam. Sam says Dean does this kind of thing, gets sloppy in bars and hit on chicks, so why can't he? But he's clearly getting drunk because he's failing to save Dean from going to hell and becoming a demon. He says that no one can save Dean because Dean doesn't want to be saved. Dean, uncomfortable, is saved by the bell um, with a phone call about Bobby as his emergency contact, which is really cute. In the hospital, Bobby is still unresponsive, even though he's perfectly healthy. Um, the boys discover that he was in Pittsburgh for a case relating to something called Celine Capensis, um, and a university neurologist who died recently in his sleep. Dean interviews Dr. Gregg's research assistant, who's already spoken with Bobby, and he cop-acts her into handing over his research, um, which, leads Dean to, which leads Dean to Jeremy, one of Dr. Gregg's test subjects. They have beer together. Jeremy implies he grows weed. Um, Jeremy says that Dr. Gregg was treating his, I don't know how to pronounce this, Charcot-Wilbrand syndrome, meaning that he can't dream ever I since that's a right. supposed bike accident as a kid. Jeremy tells Dean the doctor gave him some gross tea, and the dream he had was so vivid it scared him, so he dropped out of the study. The boys reconvene. Sammy's been laptoping it up and found out, probably shitty lore, 
Um, apparently, Selene Capensis is African dream root used for dreamwalking, and so they decide that one of the doctor's patients probably got angry, entered his dream, and killed him. If he died in the dream, etc. Um, but then how's Bobby still alive? So we flash into Bobby's dream again, and he is still fighting for his life, trying to keep the woman on the other side of a door. It's very surreal and honestly pretty good. So we cut back to Bobby in the bed. Um, the boys wish they could ask Bobby for help and realize that if they get some dream root, they can go into his dream themselves. So how do they get African dream root? They have to ask Bella. Sam, alone in the motel room, lets Bella into the room. She's wearing a huge trench coat. You can see where this is going. She says that she came because of Sam. She kisses yeah. him. They have sex. Dean wakes Sam up. He makes fun of him for having a wet dream and guesses first that he was dreaming about Angelina Jolie and then Brad Pitt. Yep. <sighs> Sam acts incredibly awkward as Dean brings up Bella, who apparently refused to help, except just then she knocks, also wearing a trench coat, saying very similar things that she did in the dream. Sam was wildly uncomfortable. She brought them the African dream route. She takes off her trench to reveal a normal outfit, not lingerie. Um, she says that she's helping Bobby, not them. Apparently he saved her life in Flagstaff once. So Dean puts the African dream root in the motel safe with the cult and kicks Bella out of their room. Sam acts incredibly like a middle schooler with a crush. <laughs> um, the boys prepare to enter Robbie's dream. Stoner Dean wins again. Sam tells us you got a polyjuice potion in the dream root tea. And so for those of us with better spent childhoods, you have to include some part of the person whose dream you want to enter. So they drink the tea with Bobby's hair. Nothing seems to have changed except outside the window. It's raining upwards. And when the camera turns back, they're in Bobby's house, except cleaner, fresher, earlier in his life. It's very good. In the dream, cinematography implies that Sam is being watched by some sinister force. He goes outside the house and suddenly, instead of gray raininess, he's in a hypersaturated technicolor wonderland a la Dorothy. Uh, the door locks behind him, so although he can see Dean moving around in there, he can't get back in. And he goes off on a little stroll through the flowers. We cut back to the interior. Dean finds Bobby. He and his house are scratched up. He doesn't know this is a dream. He's being pursued by a bleeding woman dressed in white, and he says that this is his wife. After the commercial break, Karen advances on Bobby, advancing, sorry, asking why he did this to her, meaning killed her, um, and we learn that she was possessed before he knew about hunting and exorcisms, before he knew how to save her. Uh, she accuses him of wanting her dead. He's crying. Dean drags him off. Outside, Sam is attacked by Jeremy, the only other ep character in this episode, uh, with a baseball bat. Jeremy says trying to kill Bobby is self-defense since he was coming after him, and Sam says that may be because you're a killer. Hmm. Inside again, Dean convinces a despairing Bobby that this is a dream and gets him to take control of it. Karen vanishes. Dean tells him to wake up, and so he does. So do the boys, just in time to save Sam from getting baseball bat squished. Uh, in the hospital awake now, Bobby acknowledges that his fridged wife backstory is true, thanks Dean for getting him out, and then fills the boys in on Jeremy's backstory. He has a very high IQ, but his father was physically abusive. Uh, when he hit Jeremy with a baseball bat, it gave him Charcot Wilbrand, and Bobby says that Jeremy got his DNA by offering him a beer. Dean realizes, oh shit, me too. So now Bobby and Dean can't sleep because Jeremy could come for either one of them. Two days later, Dean is very irritable. Sam can't convince him to let him drive. Bella's working with Bobby, but no one has anything. Bobby asks Bella why she's helping them. She reminds him of Flagstaff, which he accepts, but clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Dean decides, screw it, and goes to take a car nap to draw Jeremy out. Sam yanks out a hair to African Dream Root his way into Dean's dream to help, which Dean doesn't like because he doesn't want Sam digging around in his head, but Sam says, too bad, and they go to sleep. Apparently, they learn nothing from last time because they are surprised again when they're still in the car, but when they get out, Lisa Braden is sitting on a picnic blanket, glowing, smiling, offering Dean a glass of wine, telling him they don't have long before they have to pick Ben up from baseball. 
This is the point in the episode where Dean Girls begin to have meltdowns. Dean tells Sam that he's never had this dream before and yep. stopped looking at him like that. Lisa says, I love you, and vanishes. Jeremy appears. Sam goes after him and gets split up from Dean, who suddenly finds himself not in the forest, but in a hallway full of doors. Um, he enters a motel room exactly like the one he and Sam have been staying in and sees a man he assumes is Jeremy, but it's not. It's himself. Dean flirts with himself. They circle each other. They have one hell of a conversation, but the gist is that Dream Dean tells Real Dean how much he hates himself. Real Dean tries to snap himself out of it the way Bobby did, but he can't. The door slams shut and locks, and now Dream Dean has a shotgun. Dream Dean is really hard to say. Um, there's a bang. Sam wakes up in the car and tries to wake Dean, who is not Dean, but Jeremy, who once again attacks Sam with a baseball bat as he tells him that he killed Dr. Greg for taking the African dream right away after he, quote, got hooked on it, um, on being able to dream after 15 years without. Jeremy is getting better at dream manipulation, so he ties Sam to the grounds by, like, railroad spikes, um, and says that he won't let the Winchesters wake up this time. Cut back to the Deans. Dream Dean continues to tell Dean about how self-loathing and empty he is, accusing him of not having an original thought, copying everything from John, being nothing but the famous phrase, daddy's blunt little instrument. And when um, Dream Dean says, your own father didn't care whether you lived or died, why should you? Real Dean bursts and attacks him, getting the gun away from him while yelling that John was an obsessed bastard and I didn't deserve what he put on me and I don't deserve to go to hell. And then Dean shoots his clone for the second time in this godforsaken show. But... As Jeremy continues to beat on emotionless Sam, Dream Dean's eyes open totally black, and Demon Dean says, you can't escape me, Dean. You're gonna die, and this, this is what you're gonna become. Sam, on the ground, says that Jeremy is super powerful because of the African dream root, except here's the thing, he's also taken it, so he summons Jeremy's abusive father. Jeremy is afraid and no longer has the bat. Sam does and hits him with it. We see real-world Jeremy react to the hit, and Sam keeps hitting him in the dream until he dies in real life and the boys wake up. Aftermath time. Bobby asks Sam if his deus ex machina display was related to his psychic stuff, and Sam says no, to which Bobby says good, and Sam looks worried. Dean says Vela is gone, and they see she stole the cult from the safe, so they go off to hunt her down. Um, Dean asks Sam what he saw in his head, and Sam says, honestly, nothing, to which Sam says, lying, also nothing. Uh, but he also says that he's been thinking, and he doesn't want to die or go to hell, and Sam says, okay, we'll save you, and Dean says very shakily, okay, good. But as they drive off, we hear and then see Demon Dean say again, you can't escape me, Dean, you're gonna die, and this, this is what you're gonna become. Snap, black credits. And, like, this is the part where I can start screaming. Yeah. 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 I had to talk really fast <laughs> there, because there's so much happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. 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 Some of it is good, some of it makes me insane, and some of it is just bad. I don't know why they made these decisions. We'll get into it. Let's go. I'm just, I'm just gonna post the, the start of my notes. <laughs> Are you gonna read it for the chat? <laughs> oh, I was gonna cut this out, but sure. Bobby, Bobby nightmare, sleepy Bobby. Oh no, Bobby not waking up. <laughs> That's exactly what. This is how I. Like. <laughs> this is how I take notes. Yeah, my notes instead of Sleepy Bobby say hatless naked. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you look so like small and vulnerable in this bed. Yeah. Mhm. Mm my note says he's sleeping like a princess with a little heart. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves a nice little nap. Not a coma though. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Lisa's in the intro. I watched the intro this time. Lisa's in the intro, which is interesting. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to remind people who she is. Or which, yeah. She's going to show up. Um, I think it's funny how this maid immediately freaks out, even though it could just be that he's a heavy sleeper. Yeah, I get that it's doing the shorthand. I get that, like, over time, this would have become an alarming situation, but it is still funny. The escalation is more quickly than it normally would be, but... Um, so I already editorialized quite a bit in my synopsis, but I still have many notes to go into. Um, my next mm-hmm. note, besides Sleeping Bobby, is um, with Sam drinking... And he says, you do this all the time, why can't I? So we have callbacks to previous episode, Sam, the deanification of Sam. <sighs> mm-hmm. Also, the use of alcohol in a deliberate way on the part of the show. Like, it is concerning mm-hmm. that Sam is day drinking, even though the brothers are always constantly drinking. Mm-hmm. I do want to shout out the lady with the red hair. That the camera slides by because she is chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's interesting, like, Sam is day drinking, but also, like, this bar is popping, which feels like it wouldn't be, considering it's, what, 2 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. There's people here. He's not the only one drinking at 2. It's just that he's the only one who's being morally judged for it. <laughs> so then... I mentioned this in the synopsis, of course, but Sam saying, no one can save you because you don't want to be saved. He says, I mean, how can you care so little about yourself? And Dean just kind of makes like this scoff and Sam says, what's wrong with you? Which makes me very upset. I don't, I don't think there's much to discuss here. It's just, ow. Also really good parallels off of a specific scene in 4-1. I see. <laughs> yeah. Like at this line, I, I literally folded myself in half watching it. <sighs> it's... It real it, it it really is a hell of a start to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Gamble's evil Dean girlism continues. <laughs> the way the way Sam says, "How can you care so little about yourself?" just hurts me. Yeah. yeah. Sam literally says, "What's wrong with you?" Like he's depressed, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> What's not wrong with him? <laughs> Sam is that scene in the office where it's like depression. Isn't that just a fancy word a fancy word for sadness? Sam, you ignorant <laughs> slut. <laughs> it's so well, true. I mean the generous reading of this is it's like a rhetorical question where Sam wants Dean to admit that there's something wrong with him. No, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Also, Sam is drunk. Yes. I would probably say the same thing if I was yes. drunk and sad. <laughs> Little brother transgressions. The um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a discrepancy here. Maybe Sam isn't as drunk as he was back in um the the spooky haunted New England house episode. Play things. Uh, thank you. Uh, but uh, it is still like he's a lot more serious in this scene than he was there. Um, although it's interesting. This is the thing that gets Sam uh to like reach for substances i guess is like the idea of not being able to save people because it was the same thing in that episode so Mm -hmm. that's some good character consistency like that is the thing that messes sam up the most is being unable to like act is being unable to help people and in this particular case it's his brother thanks for pointing that out i'm going to stare at a wall now (laughs) you're welcome Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, they get interrupted by the plot. Yeah, Dean is Bobby's emergency contact. 
Dina's Bobby's emergency contacts. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like Bobby is like the hub of a hunter network. Like he knows lots yeah. of people. Lots of people. He knows so him, many people in Dean is his emergency contact. Emergency contact. <sighs> That's his son. That's his That's son. His son. Later, mm, mm-hmm. I have to say it now. Later in this episode, he says, you're like a father to me. And it <sighs> it made me feel so many emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there is something I was going to say, but it's spoilers. So I'm just going to have to text it to Ash. Um, the way, I will be very vague. <laughs> um, the way that Sam and Dean respectively indicate that Bobby is a father figure to them is funny when you know something later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please tell me, because I have no fucking clue. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was an interesting sound. Interesting reaction. I have toast in my mouth. Cool, I uh, forgot that happened. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, Um. anyway, so, family. Also, um, the doctor's like, do, you know, is there anything we should know about? Does he have, like, pre-existing conditions type of thing? And Dean says, no, he never gets sick. I mean, he doesn't even catch cold. Never gets sick. Like, this image of his father figures as, like, invincible. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Bobby doesn't get sick. Bobby's libertarian immune system is too strong, too manly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's funny that... Uh, Sam's like, what was Bobby doing in Pittsburgh? Dean says, unless he's taking an extremely lame vacation. <laughs> um, and yeah, they find his, like, um, his little murder board in his closet behind all his, where all his clothes are hanging up, uh, which. Yeah, they're like, I think yeah, it's, covering his tracks. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't know anybody who, when they stay in a motel, like, take all their shirts out of their suitcase and hang them all up. Yeah, I would not. Maybe that's just me, but. I've never stayed in a motel, so. Never? No, I don't go anywhere, Wyatt. (laughs) I've stayed in hotels, like, once. Wow, all right. I guess it might imply that he's there, like, for somewhat of a longer stay than the average motel stay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It was just. He doesn't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, of course, he's hanging up his clothes to hide his murder wall. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Then there's, like, a dialogue slip, I guess. I don't know. At the start of the scene, um, Sam goes, you make heads or tails of any of this while they're examining it. Um, and then they, like, look at it some more and speculate a little bit. And then Dean says, all right, stay here. See if you can make heads or tails of this. Like, you just said that. You mm. guys are just echoing each other. Yeah. Which, like, okay. I will accept as, like, family. You know, they've, like, picked up on each other's dialogue patterns. It is kind of cute that they both talk the same way, even though it's dumb that it happened in exactly the same scene. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take. I was I was trying to take a screenshot of um the murder board, but the camera like examines it in a way that makes it very hard to get a good still shot. Um, I think I can get one here, but it's like yeah, it's a good murder board. There's lots of pictures of plants. There's little maps. There's I've, some frogs. I saw some frogs. There are some frogs. I just I love a good love a good murder board, as I say all the time. <laughs> uh Dean picks up the paper about African dreamer and goes very seriously, Celine Capensis, which of course means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> He's so mm-hmm. dumb. Why yeah, did he it's bother? um <laughs> African Dream Root, um, uh, which I don't know about that name. I like I don't I don't know if there's 
it's, it's Celine. What was it? Capensis. 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 Celine Capensis is a is a real um, uh, real real plant. <laughs> I was gonna say flower. I guess it has a flower, but it's a real plant. Um, it. This is apparently true. Um, the. Uh, when you Google Celine Capensis, it does tell you that it's also called African Dream Room. So at least that part they got right. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, but I'm like, there's that's, it's a, it's a, it's a very like exoticized way of like referring to the plant in a way that's like I don't know how I feel about this name. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to. Mm, I'm not gonna pronounce this properly because the phoneme is not an English phoneme, but the Hosa, uh, I think. Uh, people uh, of um, Southern Africa, the, they're the people who use it um, to apparently like induce vivid lucid dreams. Um, so that that's a, that's a true thing about this plant. Uh, supernatural for once is not wrong. I mean, it's it's wow. definitely yeah, wrong the about the the inception. <laughs> what I said, and this is the one that I chose to shout out about being wrong. I didn't. Oh. I should. I should say. I did not like I'm, make any research. I was like, "This is why it's job." I'm just gonna say that supernatural. I don't trust to do anything with. Um, well, no. I, I mean, I was about to get to the. I was. I was about to get to things like where it is definitely wrong is the Inception style using it to invade other people's dreams. Okay. It it is apparently an um a Nyrogen, um a, like a dream enhancement uh drug, but. That's like you know. That's just a thing. That's just that's it's not. It, you can't you can't use it to do a Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um. Also, they specifically use the word dreamwalking. The show's gonna do some more things with dreamwalking later. And yes. I've heard. I have not watched those seasons yet, so I can't speak like as an authority. But I have heard that it is handled poorly. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Mm mm. Um, I think it's cute that Sam calls Sam Shorten's obituary to obit. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I've heard it. But I'm pretty sure I have, I but maybe only okay. in Supernatural. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to talk to the lab assistant. Uh, Dean is very uh, copy in this scene. Mm -hmm. Extremely copy. Really bad. Yeah. He threatens mm -hmm. her. He's also really bad at lying, yeah. but the cop shit yeah. like counteracts he's, he's, that. He takes a second to come up with a cover, but it works because new evidence has come to light. You don't call a cop on it. Um, yeah. Yep. She's like, I I spoke with a lawyer. He told me I can't be held liable for anything, and he goes, Maybe you couldn't, but that was before the new evidence came to light. And she goes, New evidence? What new yeah. evidence? And he goes, I'm not at liberty to say. Like, what is she supposed to do about that? Yeah. It's, and then he says, mm. This could go on your permanent record. Yeah. I did feel like he was like making a joke with himself. I know the permanent record. Yeah. Um, two other things about the scene. Number one, she says, um, "Going in your sleep, peaceful. That's what you wish for, right?" Dean, knowing he is going to die bloody and violent, says, "Yeah, right." Oof. Um, and second thing, uh, she says <clears throat> that she already spoke to another detective, a very nice older man with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. I that's really funny that she hasn't spoken that two of the both of the detectives that she spoke to or neither of them are real detectives. Yeah. Like that was Bobby. confirmation that Dean is on the right trail because Bobby's already talked to her. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah. But I, I just love that description of Bobby. He's very nice. Yeah. 
He is. He's mm-hmm. chivalrous. He's so sweet. He's just a big grandpa. I love him. Teddy bear shaped old man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. The the next scene where Dean goes to investigate uh, Jeremy, and uh, the the he goes, I don't know what the RA said, but I was uh, growing ferns. And Dean says, "Take it easy, fish." Referencing the psychedelic rock band Fish, uh, because Dean again cannot help but speak in references. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the the. Well, we'll talk about it later, but the fact that Dean and Bobby both fell for the beer scam. The way mm-hmm. Dean falls for this exact thing later in the show too. Oh. Um. Also, uh. Stoner Dean wins again because uh, Jeremy says, just passed right out. I had a vivid, super intense dream, like a bad acid trip, you know? And Dean goes, totally. And then goes, I mean, no. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. is really funny. Um, also, I guess I'll upfront it here. Uh, Charcot, uh, Charcot Wilbrand syndrome is real. Um, generally, it's, it's caused by uh, stroke, not being hit on the head but i i don't know about that um and uh it it's very rare and not super well studied but uh not being able to dream does apparently have fairly significant uh medical effects um mm-hmm. and so the show i guess gets this more or less right and as far as like jeremy's motivations of like wanting to dream again and all that mm-hmm. cool like it sort of treats it like a drug. Oh, I guess. I mean, I guess it is a drug in the non um, psychedelic slash. Uh, uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Recre- it's not. It's not a drug in the recreational sense, but it is a medicinal drug that this guy probably needs because, again, um, uh, let me. I'm just gonna read this medical significance. Uh, While CWS patients do not suffer from any serious effects, dreaming is believed to provide some relatively important functions to the health of the human mind. It is hypothesized that a reverse learning mechanism occurs when dreaming, uh, while dreaming that facilitates the unlearning of unfavorable pathways to the organism. Complete failure of such a system has been postulated to lead to a state of almost perpetual obsession coupled with hallucinatory associations. In addition, it's been postulated that dreams account for emotional preservation, with the emotions one feels during nightmares and joyful dreams solidifying and checking the successful ability to express them. Um, yeah, that science doesn't know a lot about dreams, but, uh, it, it, clearly we need them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dean says, okay, Sam says that, um, shaman and medicine men have been using African dream root for centuries, and Dean says something about, like, uh, busting out the didgeridoos, like, that is the wrong continent. It, it's the wrong, it's the, it's the wrong continent in all sorts of ways. Like yeah. we're we're conflating Africa, like Southern Africa, North America, um, Far Eastern Russia, and Australia. <laughs> we got the whole globe, yeah. baby. Like I don't <laughs> like like it, the, the 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 plant grows in one place. <laughs> it's called African dream root. And it doesn't even grow across all of Africa. It grows in Southern Africa specifically. It's yeah. It, it's dumb. It was a dumb line. Didn't like it. Uh, but then <laughs> Dean says, I take it we believe the legends. And Sam looks at him and goes, when don't we? When Santa is involved, apparently. Yeah. So true. I'm just like, yeah, me too. They're not special. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
anyway, yeah, just to explain also the thing I said, the word the word shaman comes from um, Eastern Siberia as like a kind of holy person among like the uh, in in the Tungusic language. Interesting. My next note is that when we cut back to Bobby in his dream, um, Karen's screams sound like the Temple Run monkey. <laughs> I take the, very the screams are very important notes. <laughs> the screams are intense. Uh, my next note is you guys have such a bad trauma sense, which I think is because of Bobby, but I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Because the next thing that happens is they call Bella to get the dream root from her, and we get this well, right before Sam that, scene. They suggest getting the dream root. Um, Dean says, let's go talk to him, and Sam goes, sure, I think we might find the conversation a bit one-sided. Snarky Sam wins again. Yeah, Love his yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> uh, Dean realizes that they can ask Bella, and he goes, crap. Yeah. And Sam says, what? And he goes, Bella. Yeah. And he goes, Bella, crap. It's very good. Mm-hmm. This dream scene is baffling. It's Who, very... I mean, I guess uh, Sarah Gamble and Catherine Humphreys wrote this, but why? Yeah, there, there's, there's no reason. There had for never... There, this came out of nowhere. There was no build-up to this. There had never been any point where the show hinted at, like, interest from Sam to Bella. We, we've talked before about how Sam is not like Dean as far as, like, his his thirst meter is generally fairly low. Um, there He, like, warms up to specific people that, like, he often feels some emotional connection with first. Demi-Sam. Yeah. Yeah, However, and, like, this, this complete this came out of nowhere for me. first of all, he does know Bella, and second of all, he's clearly unused to having sex dreams, so. Um, that's but, true. That I guess that's said, true. The wiki trivia section says... Eric Kripke revealed that Dean and Sam's dreams oh. were supposed to contrast each other. Sam dreaming of having sex with Bella was to show that below his soft exterior, Sam was basically, quote, a horn dog. Dean's dream, on the other hand, was to what? show Dean's soft desire of wanting to live a normal life with Lisa Braden. Eric. What? Why? Uh, Kripke, you don't understand your own characters. <laughs> when? Like, I'll give the Dean thing some credit because, yeah. yeah. But Sam is basically a horn dog. You can't like imply that what? he's not used yeah. to thinking about sex with women and say he constantly wants sex with women secretly. I mean, okay, we do. This gets a little credibility in like season six. Okay. But it's still just an insane thing to say. It's very weird and completely it's very weird. unnecessary. So um. once again, I think we should take his brain and put it in a jar and poke it with some medical equipment because there's something going on there and I want to know what. Yeah. So this is Sam's second sex scene on screen. Um, And then he wakes up like drooling on his hand. It's... it's the, I, the, this, this dream scene is bad. However, the, the, the... Sam's... All of the acting from Jarpad in this following scene is really funny. It is very funny. It is. The, it's very good. Yeah, the way he acts like a middle sco- middle schooler, the way he's like kind of disappointed when like <laughs> when, when Dean says Bella's not gonna help us. The the way he like swallows nervously when Bella opens the door and like actually shows up. It's all just so funny. His little wave 
Yeah. He refu- the yeah. way he refuses to look at her. Yeah, when she leaves, he goes, nice to seeing you. <laughs> and, like, as she leaves, he goes, Bella. Yeah. And Dean, gives and him, Dean like, does this, like, weird little face. <laughs> it is very funny. But can we go back um, to, yeah, to the, the, Dean microdosing him again? Red, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So like I said, Dean goes, who are you dreaming about? And Sam goes, what? No one, nothing. And he says, come on, you can tell me. Angelina Jolie. And Sam goes, no. And Dean goes, Brad Pitt. And Sam like half turns around and goes, no, no. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not gay. I mean, I'm not homophobic. <laughs> yeah. It's the way Dean says Brad Pitt also is weirdly like not. He doesn't say it in a jokey way. He says it in a, hmm, is He's this the case it. way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, wi- the, it's a wild exchange. <laughs> Everyone has dreams about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, right? Literally one of the most bisexual Dean moments ever. Sammy, it's okay. If you're having sex dreams about Brad Pitt, you can tell me. I've been through it. Yeah, this is like one of my favorite <laughs> it doesn't mean characterizations anything. that we've definitely written him doing, uh, where he's like trying to shove Sam out of the closet first. <laughs> Sam, meanwhile, is probably not even yeah. in the closet, but Zena's like, Sam won't be homophobic if uh, he's gay. So, Sam, you're gay, right? Uh-huh. Please be gay. Like, Dude, no. And Dean's conclusion is Sam is not, Sam is homophobic, denies being gay. And Sam's conclusion is Dean is homophobic, uses gay people as a punchline to make fun of me. Like, it, it's a good dynamic I enjoy playing with, um, mm-hmm. loosely derived yeah. from canon. <laughs> yeah. I can see, like all good I can see how you get stuff. there. Um, Sam is incredibly awkward at the mention of Bella. Like we said, he like drops his voice like three pitches to try to compensate. Um, he's like, what'd she, you know, say? <laughs> what did she, you know, say? Uh, dialogue about It's time. really good. I want to know if they ad-libbed that or if that was, like, actually all scripted. Because mm-hmm. it feels really naturally awkward in a way that's really difficult to capture in scripts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like the the way the camera lingers on Dean opening the safe and showing the cults in there to show mm-hmm, Bella's mm-hmm. to like set up Bella's theft later on. Bella clearly also is watching him do this. Uh, yeah. it's, it's good. It's yeah. I didn't notice it at the time, but rewatching the scene is like, Oh yeah, the show did do that. It was good. Yeah. And um, also Dean is like, I don't trust you enough to let you in my car. Much less Bobby's head. No offense. And she goes, non take it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know what? That's fair. So then they have the dream route. And Dean suggests dimming the lights and syncing up Wizard of Oz, the dark side of the moon. And Sam goes, why? And Dean's like, what did you do during college? Sooner Dean just keeps on winning. Sooner Dean Literally keeps winning canonical. this episode particularly. So Sarah Gamble knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they enter the dream, it's, it's a good effect because like nothing does happen but then we go over to the window and then as they turn back from the upside down rain like the pan and the lighting like together like shift the scene suddenly we're in a different room um and the tone completely shifts it's really good the special Mm -hmm. effects in this episode are good because they don't need to do any like weird gore effects or anything like karen's got some makeup on that's it um it's just like Mm -hmm. cinematography yeah, the cinematography mm-hmm. for the dream sequence stuff is in general pretty good. They do a good job showing that it's a dream. The the way they use, um, I guess it's a dolly shot to like zoom uh, with like a wide angle lens or something. I don't know anything about cinematography, <laughs> but like the 
the way they like pull the camera back really quickly and show off the length and like width of the hallway yeah. uh to mm. to give it a like bizarre space vibe uh was good the way they use like liminal like ki- like motel rooms like hallway stuff spaces in general is very good yeah. um the like big weird like suburbia with like the saturation cranked up to maximum yeah. um is mm. very good in comparison to the saturation being cranked way low um in the bobby section of the dream yeah, it's practically sepia. Yeah. It's really good contrast. It's it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Who directed this episode? Um, Steve Boyum, who also directed uh, Crossroad Blues uh, and will direct some um, uh, season oh, four and five episodes. Oh, he's going to do some episodes. big ones in season five. Drop a name, Emma. Uh, the End. Ever heard oh. of that one? Oh! 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 Okay! Hey, he was a sun performer, calling back to our... Um, uh shout out shout outs to stunt performers he was in apocalypse now blues brothers lethal weapon 2 good for him it's a very well directed episode oh he's also he's also a director on black sails uh the boys um yeah supernatural uh black sails has some good directing stuff so numbers ncis la y50 castle they worked on a lot of tv shows it's got a fucking resume. Yeah. So back there was inside, a Lethal I... Weapon reboot. Sorry. <laughs> I have no clue. About There's it. a Lethal Weapon TV show that apparently aired from 2016 to 2019 that I I had I did not know was a thing. Um. Right. So back inside the the like scratches on the door that Bobby's hiding behind are really good. Oh. It's very yeah spooky yeah that a human shaped person would be doing that. You know. Hmm. Apparently, I just oh, like scratches um, and things because I liked it in No Exit too. Uh, sorry, I forgot to do my. I f- forgot to. Ha- I had a research note or like just one. A, a Dean <laughs> reference note. Um, when they're talking about the doctor, Dean says. Uh, Dean references Timothy Leary, um, who was a uh, quote-unquote psychologist uh, during the like throughout the 1960s, um, who was uh, an extreme proponent of um psychedelic drugs in clinical trials um he was he's he's been arrested 36 times worldwide um yeah he uh he's a very controversial figure uh he believed lsd uh showed potential for therapeutic use in psychiatry um yeah he's he's character he's a real character wild yeah anyway Moving on to this dream. I just wanted to call attention to that. Um, I think it's really good, like, interesting that um, Bobby doesn't know it's a dream. Um, partly because he got yeah. so caught up in, like, the horror of being chased by his dead wife. Um, and probably partly because even though he knows he's on a case involving dreams, like, he didn't he didn't actually swallow the dream root himself. Like, he didn't mean to enter his own dream. He just fell asleep and yeah. suddenly this is happening. Um, and therefore, like, in the dream logic... This everything is real. Mm-hmm. It usually takes quite a while for you to figure out you're dreaming. So it's lucky that Dean Especially showed up when to you're go, having Bobby, a nightmare. it's a dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also love that the boys immediately split up, and Dean's like, no, don't do mm-hmm. it. And Sam's like, it'll be fine, and then leaves. Yeah. Dean's like, don't you watch horror movies? The, the transcripts 
implies that the outside is Bobby's house, but I thought it was um or like is Bobby's front yard and it's like this is his idyllic past, but I thought that it was um Jeremy's house. Interesting. Or Jeremy's front yard. Yeah, I don't know cuz mm-hmm. that's where Jeremy shows up. I'm interested but, uh... in why the outside was so different from the inside. Like there's something there yeah. about how like the outside is like this perfect um bright colorful suburbia um like fantasy almost where like this is his past as he like remembers it before and then on the inside he's literally haunted by his dead wife mm. um, i do like that in the horror genre and like it it yeah it's good love haunted houses love people who are haunted houses same <laughs> yeah i think it could be read either way i like your reading of it um I guess the way I interpreted the disparity was that he was stepping into someone else's dream, and that's why it was so different. But I, yeah, I like the contrast there. Um, why? I'm curious. At what dream. point did you figure out who this ghost woman was? Like, did it take until Bobby said? Um, I I assumed it was either like his wife or his girlfriend or something from when he was young, because it would make sense as the thing he would be haunted by to such a degree. Uh, like, if it was someone he, that he had failed to save, just, like, in general, it would have less effect and, like, be freaking him out less, probably, because hunters fail to save people all the time. And while it does mess them up, it's like you don't have the same emotional connection. Right. Because I forgot that we didn't already know this, so it didn't hit as a reveal for me <laughs> this time around. I thought this was the episode where we learn about, uh, what happened to Bobby's dad. Yeah, I can't so, believe it didn't. Uh, mm. I, no spoilers, I, that weekend at Bobby's? <laughs> We're not going to say. I'm being very careful and polite. Okay. Um, I don't know which episode it does. Anyway. I feel like this episode could have used a fisheye lens at mm. some point. But maybe that's just because I'm a fan of the fisheye. It's good. Um, This scene's really sad. Great acting from mm-hmm. um Jim Beaver here. The bit at, uh like, was it 2150-something? Uh. 2135. The bit at 2135 where he goes, I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't even like Ooh, mimic it. But yeah, that, the way he says, I'm hit. sorry, yeah. just like there's a little tremble in his voice. It's very good. It's really mm-hmm, sad. Mm-hmm. I like uh, this is doing sad man, dead wife. Uh, like as uh, again, same thing with with John. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, Bobby isn't that as a character, I guess, so it bothered me less, even though we have another fridged woman as the reason why uh, a hunter became a hunter, which is bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. But it is, I guess, outside of the broader context of that, it is very sad and tragic. And I like show the show showing the side of Bobby as far as like character who is like the the wise old grandpa who or like, I guess, uncle who knows all the, who knows everything. Um, and is, like, very competent having this history of, like, oh, yeah, the first time he encountered a demon, like, he did it, but he didn't know that it could have been, he didn't know that he could have saved her. I guess the thing that's unclear is it implies that he stopped, it implies that he killed the demon, but you can't kill a demon by killing the person who they possess. They can just leave the body, so I don't know how he actually dealt with that situation. But we do know eventually. I don't know either. Oh, okay, think, cool. Like, um, really. I think the, what makes the difference for me is that she's not, he doesn't hunt out of revenge. He learned hunting so that he would never have to 
do that ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like John wants to get back at the thing that killed mm. his wife. Bobby killed his wife because he didn't know any better. And that guilt is what pushed him. So it's guilt rather than revenge and like a want to do better to repent, I guess. Yeah, that I like that read. Um, yeah, like literally specifically, he says, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't know how to save you. And the way that Bobby like is the collection of knowledge now. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Again, if you if you divorce it from the broader cultural problem of uh, fridging women for yeah, male exactly. character motivations, it does make sense as a backstory and is good character motivation in that way of like, oh, he has made himself into the person who would never make this mistake again. Like, this is why knowledge yeah. is important to him is he needs to know how to deal with every supernatural threat so he can say so he can stop this from ever happening again. Yeah, it's good. That part is good. Um, the way he says, let her kill me already. Oof. And mm-hmm. then Dean says, look at me. You got to snap out of this now. You're not going to die. I'm not going to let you die. You're like a father to me. You got to believe me, please. And that's what snaps mm-hmm. Bobby out of it. Yeah. And Also, there's this weird like doubling oh. effect where it seems like it's maybe from Dean's and Bobby's perspective. It's like this weird surreal echo going on. It's cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the whole Karen thing is making me think of, is it Weathering Heights? That quote that's like, you say I killed you, haunt me then. Whew. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's Weathering Heights. I do think it's kind of funny that uh, Dean says, your house, your wife, it's a nightmare. Like, out of context. Boomer <laughs> Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like a father to him. He's like a father to him. Yeah. yeah. That's his dad. <sighs> Meanwhile, Sam and Jeremy have this exchange where Sam's like, you're in my friend's head. Jeremy says, you got a poor choice in friends. This is self-defense. He came after me. He wanted to hurt me. Sam, Sam again, the, the dehumanization slash monsterfication of killers. Sam says, that may be because you're a killer. Jeremy says, you should be nicer to me. And here you're just an insect. I'm a god. Which I, which I think gives credence to my interpretation that this is his dream because later... Jeremy's in Sam's dream, and Sam has the power in that situation, but I I, I don't know. It all kind of blends it, yeah. together in a way that I almost like. Mm-hmm. They're all in one uh, noospheric, yeah. like, psychic realm. Yeah. Um, And then the way um everything connects, uh, the way Sam gets hit with the baseball bat, and, like, uh, the way Dean is like, you gotta snap out of it, and then they all wake up simultaneously, and we cut between the two boys waking up and Bobby waking up in his hospital bed. Yeah. Um, so then, while Bobby's in the hospital bed, but awake, um, first of all, apparently Jared was, like, tickling Jim Beaver's feet while he did this. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he could barely get through the scene. Uh, don't do We're that. Just, why? You're all terror to work with and everybody hates you okay um also this is um i just i need to bring this up gabe apparently on the uh richard spay and rob benedict rob benedict podcast uh jared said that the reason he thinks that the show went on for so long is that he's so easy to work Which, like, with. Which, like, I assume he was, like, joking because that's, like, a kind of thing you would say joking about yourself. But, like, to even say it when but, there's so much, like, anecdotal evidence of just uh-huh. him being a menace on set, like, 
Maybe you shouldn't be <sighs> able to make that joke, Jared. Uh-huh. Not like Jared Padalecki has any self-awareness at all. <laughs> um, that being said, that's happening in this scene. But um, Dean goes, that, that stuff with your wife, that actually happened? And Bobby just really goes, like, doesn't respond very much. But he goes, everybody got into hunting somehow. Yeah. <sighs> Call back to um, <laughs> Sam asking Isaac and Tamara how they got into hunting. Yep. Uh, and then Bobby says Jeremy is a, quote, full-on genius, 160 IQ, which IQ is fake. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I don't know why this is in the episode. It's not necessary. Yeah, There's I, nothing you know. about Jeremy being a genius anywhere else. I don't understand why that's here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like, oh, you know, the evil genius who decided he wanted to start killing people, right but he but does but there's nothing to weird. do with that like he already has yeah, a motivation no. and it's his doctor took his like the he's only killed one person and it was his doctor for taking away his drugs yeah it's also very weird which like he has a motivation like, for the sentence before and after because bobby says he ain't much of a stoner uh he's a full-on genius so like the yeah what's the yeah, opposite of equivalence <laughs> like the way that that um drug use and intelligence are being juxtaposed in like contrast to one another as if like smart people don't do mm. drugs um so there's that um also pokes at stoner dean and his concern of being perceived as stupid pokes at that again um but also like the yeah the way that um bobby says full-on genius and again using iq to indicate that um and then, like, using yeah. that as a segue to, uh, which is saying something considering his dad used to, you know, assault him. Yeah. Specifically with a baseball bat, which makes Jeremy's choice of weapon loaded. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's some general, like, ableism in a variety of ways surrounding Jeremy. Yeah. Both in terms of, like, the, the trauma makes you evil trope, the... Mm -hmm person who with a obscure syndrome who kills because you took his medicine away um the 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 fact that it's like oh it's surprising he's a genius because he got hit in the head yeah Just all, all sorts of things surrounding jeremy yeah yeah um so so jeremy told dean that he got charcot wilbrand from a bicycle accident but um in fact it yeah. was when his his father was hitting him yes mm -hmm. which again i don't know if brain trauma like like that i think i i don't know i'm not a doctor i i don't know if you can get charcot wilbrand syndrome that way but shrug um the wikipedia page says charcot wilbrand syndrome describes dream loss following focal brain damage um i don't know if you could get focal brain damage in that way yeah I don't know. It says the most common way to get it is from a stroke, which is very different from getting hit in the head. Mm -hmm. um, I looked up focal brain damage, and it says it's produced... Sorry, I lost my sentence. Um, is a subtype of traumatic brain injury, and focal brain injury is produced by collision forces acting on the skull and resulting in compression of the tissue underneath, etc., oh. etc. So, like, maybe. Okay. Sure. Moving on. <laughs> then, uh... um, this is with the beer scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bobby goes, dumbest friggin' thing, as Dean is realizing. And he goes, oh, I don't know, wasn't that dumb? <laughs> Sam goes, Dean, you so... didn't. The disappointed look from both of them. Oh, I meant to call uh, that. And then, um, yeah. 
going back just briefly, um, Bobby thanks Dean for saving him. Dean does not get thanked very often. Thank you, Bobby. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we cut um forward to, to, as as you said the two days later, um, and the Dean playing hyper caffeinated is very funny. Um, and mm-hmm. Bob Bobby goes. Uh, that was our last lead. Dean goes, what the hell, Bobby? Bobby goes, don't yell at me, boy. They're both so yeah, tired. Yeah, it's really good. Cranky. They're both so tired. They need a nap. Mm-hmm. They need a nappy sleep. <laughs> They're my little sleepy boys. Uh, Bobby's working with Bella, which yeah. is cute. Um, but like, what do you got, Bella? The end of the phone call, um, Dean resorts to threatening suicide after two days without yeah. sleep. I mean, I mean, like he's not actually going to go kill himself now. No. Yeah, that did come to. I do. I do that family. after only getting like six hours of sleep. So, <laughs> yeah, not not getting your your beauty sleep does it to a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, we get a bit of foreshadowing of Bobby not remembering Flagstaff and is confused. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because of reasons. Yeah, well, I mean, we you mentioned it in the <laughs> in the synopsis. <laughs> um, and then Dean does the classic Dean of uh, deciding to make himself into bait because yeah, he's so delicious. Exactly. Come get some white meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is always Dean's plan. Mm-hmm. Also, he wants a nap. Yes. Yeah. He really probably shouldn't be driving. No, he, no, he should not he be driving. I did. Him. I did note that down. Like, Sam offers to take the wheel, but, like, he shouldn't be driving, period. Yeah. Yeah, he should have insisted more. It's true. Um, they make the tea. They go into the dream. Dean specifically doesn't want Sam digging around in his head, which I mentioned, but... Yeah. What are you scared he's going to find in there, Dean? Yeah. Well, we see what part of what he's scared part Sam's going to find yeah. in there. Like, there's, part there's of what? So we don't see the other Dean's part. Head that he doesn't want Sam but, seeing. He just got really lucky yeah. that he only saw a little bit. Which, uh, who he sees is Lisa, who's got a little picnic set up. Uh, the, the title of the episode is playing, they got Dream a Little Dream of Me. With, like, this cool echo effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, we only have an hour until we have to go pick Ben up Which, from baseball. that's Dean's fantasy. He just is not uh-huh. just Is not he just Lisa, but dad. also Ben. He wants, he wants yeah. to be a husband. He wants to be a male wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a house husband so bad it makes Which him is like, stupid. This is a this is a different fantasy. I guess the um the uh, Jin episode was not necessarily his fantasy because it was just changing one thing. Right. But there's still like C- Carmen, right? Was yeah. his fake beer ad girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she still was like we, the cool girl in that way of like the person that Dean that would be perfect for Dean. Um, so it still kind of falls into that, but yeah, they didn't have kids here, but now Dean's fantasy has changed since well, meeting Lisa and Ben. Also, yeah. Yeah. What is and what should never be, uh, comes just a couple of episodes yeah. before the kids are all yes. right. So it, it's insanity inducing how much spending just a little bit of yeah. time with Ben and Lisa, yeah. like changed Dean so thoroughly. Yeah. And Sam, like, is kind of taking this all in and Dean goes I've never had this dream before he's very clearly yeah. lying and Sam yeah. like tries to kind of approach him and he goes stop looking at me like that 
Sam's yeah, so Sam's like, and oh, then buddy. Lisa says, Dean, I love you. And then she's just gone. One of the yeah. very few times mm-hmm. in the show that somebody says, I love you to Dean. Yeah. <sighs> but Jeremy shows up again and they go chasing after him. And then the show does one of my favorite, like, cinemat- <laughs> cinematographical things I've seen in a while where. They're chasing him, uh, and we see them running in different directions, and then Dean runs out, stops, and then it cuts, and it cuts behind his head as he turns around and reveals that Mm -hmm. he's in a motel hallway that has a wallpaper pattern identical to the forest he was just running through. It's so good. It's It's sick. It's so good. It's a really good transition. The way they keep continuity with like by the by blurring the background uh when it's face when it's like a close up of Dean's face um is really mm-hmm. good. It's very good dream logic. Yes. Um so then Dean runs into himself and before we get into what they talk about um I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to when Sam quote wakes up um and sees who he thinks is Dean but it turns out to be Jeremy so we have the opposite of that here where Dean thinks that it's Jeremy but it's actually another Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that like Dean and Jeremy are played off of each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as someone who was abused by their father, exactly. Yeah, Miss Gamble, you are so deep inside Dean Winchester's head. Yeah. she's right up there with Jensen Ackles. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's because we're gonna we're gonna go off about the Dean thing for a while, so let's just deal with Jeremy and Sam first. Yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. they're intercut and not really connected. Um, yeah, this is where we get into Jeremy's motivations of, like, just, he says, just want to be left alone, just want to dream. You never rest, not really. It's like being awake for 15 years, which does sound like hell. Um, Mm -hmm. there's the drug metaphor of the doc got me hooked on this stuff. And then, and then the way Sam deals with the situation is real messed up. Yeah, they do something similar in a different episode in, like, the same way of, like, using trauma against their opponent it's it's incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. every time they do it yeah yeah it yeah this kills him which sam killed him like basically sam literally beat him to death yes. yeah yeah using a baseball bat the same way that jeremy's father used to hit him like it's so yeah. bad john coded of sam i guess yeah yeah um yeah, and and I think it's framed as bad. Yeah, I think this is part of the Jokerification of Sam. Like we're supposed yeah. to think that this is bad, um, but the fact that we have to be like, I think this is bad, um, is, it, is not great. Yeah, like you should have, like nobody yeah. even knew that he did it. Really, they're just like, yeah, we all woke up. It's like we know it's messed up, and I think the show knows it's messed up, but it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's framed kind of neutrally. But then um, afterwards, Bobby asks if it was related to his psychic stuff, which is his demon stuff. Mm, Um, And Sam's like, I don't think so. And Bobby indicates that it is good to not be connected to his demon stuff. So like Sam is kind of not sure. And he's doubting himself a little bit because that was a messed up thing to do, Sam. Uh, So I think it's like Mm -hmm. leaning towards like Sam plot of this season, which we really haven't gotten much of. Um, we like yeah. hinted that like demons are after him and whatever, but nothing really happens for season three, Sam. This is the Dean is going to hell season. Mm-hmm. I can't believe there's only six episodes. I know. Yep. That's season. why I couldn't remember who the big bad of season three was. I was like, it's just hell. 
There's a character? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about Dean Winchester. Let's talk about Dean yeah. fucking Winchester. Happy birthday, miserable boy. <laughs> it's Dean Studies Monday. <laughs> Ugh. So, of course, classic Dean's first reaction is, well, aren't you a handsome son of a gun? Try to make a joke. Try to um, yep. put his opponent off he guard makes, by flirting with them. He makes a Superman like, 3 reference. He does make a Superman 3 reference. I love this little nerd. He's so... He is so... Um, he does say, like, immediately he tries to, like, head it off at the pass. We're not going to get into any deep conversation here. He goes, I get it. I'm my own worst nightmare. Is that it? Yeah. A little bit of self-awareness there. He's genre-aware. He knows that he's he's seen the movies that people like him are in. Mm -hmm. He's thrown in a lot more Spanish than usual. He says both mano y mano uh, and um, this is my siesta. I don't know if that, I don't, there's nothing really beyond that observation, but I just thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. However, Dream Dean then goes, you can't lie to me. I know the truth. I know how dead you are inside, how worthless you feel. I know how you look into a mirror and hate <sighs> what you see. And Dean is off-put by this and tries to say, like, it's not going to work. You're not real. And he says, sure I am. I'm you. And then he tries <laughs> he tries a little snap his fingers. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. Big Thanos energy. Mm -mm. Truly, this episode is attacking everyone with depression. Yeah, which I mean, let's face it. If you're watching Supernatural, <laughs> especially this year, damn way to way to call us all out. Am I wrong? Mm. Uh, <laughs> so now, now the deans are locked in with each other. Dream Dean has a gun. He says, "I mean, you're going to hell, and you won't lift a finger to stop it." Talk about low self-esteem. Then again, I guess it's not much of a life worth saving now, is it? And Dean starts trying to wake himself up, um, and he says, "I." Dream. Dream Dean says, I mean, after all, you've got nothing outside of Sam. You are nothing. You're as mindless and obedient as an attack dog. And Dean starts doing his little, like, denial smile, and he's like, that's not true. And he says, no, what are the things that you want? What are the things that you dream? I mean, your car? That's Dad's. Your favorite leather jacket? Dad's. Mm. Your music? Dad's. Do you even have an original thought? This scene. This scene. <sighs> mm. We've already Dean pointed out a lot of this, but the fact that, like, Dean yes. is aware of this to the point that, like, in his own mind, his alternate self is saying it to his face as a way to hurt him. And then uh, Dream Dean says, no, all there is is watch out for Sammy. Look out for your little brother, boy. You can still hear your dad's voice in your head, can't you? Clear as a bell. And Dean starts going, just shut up, you know, the way he does. The way he, like, does... John's voice, like, look out for your little brother, boy. Yeah. Also, the way that that's, like, is... paralleled off of um, Henry, Jeremy's dad, saying, you answer me when I'm talking to you, boy. It's... Yep. Whew. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then also, Bobby, Bobby's, don't, don't yell, yell at me, boy. boy. Yeah. Dad voice. Dad voice. Mm -hmm. um, clarification that, like, Bobby specifically, is specifically, like... like, at his worst state. He's been up for two days. He's not yes. Yes. being yes. a good dad right now. Yeah. And also, he's less, like, angry and more exasperated. Yeah. Um, yeah, then Dream Dean says, All he ever did is train you, boss you around. Sam, he doted on. Sam, he loved. Dad knew who you really were. A good soldier and nothing else. Daddy's blunt little instrument. <sighs> Top ten lines of all time. Ooh. Yeah. 
Does okay, Emma. Does this line get repeated, or is this uh, literally is the only time referenced later by at least one other character? Okay, I thought so. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. And then he says, "Your own father didn't care whether you lived or died. Why should you?" Yeah. And then at this point, Dean yeah. snaps. Uh, I can't even talk he about goes, this. "My father was an obsessed bastard." Tell of Dean. Mm-hmm. I, you guys have the transcript up, so I'll yeah, let you read says, the rest of it. all that crap he dumps yeah. on me about protecting Sam, that was his crap. He's the one who couldn't protect his family. He's the one who let mom die, who wasn't there for Sam. I always was. He wasn't fair. I didn't deserve what he put on me, and I don't deserve to go to hell, which is like top Bang. 10 monologues ever of anything. Um, mm-hmm. so, oh, like, finally, Dean has this breakthrough yeah. where he's like, I actually don't deserve to hate myself. Well, and then he kills himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he literally shoots himself, yeah. But also, like, the way that... Which... And then... Like, killing his self-hating clone, and then at the end of the episode, he's not wearing the leather jacket, kind of paralleled off of, like, the way that he mm. smashed up um, his car and then rebuilt it. Like, the like Dean as constantly, like, remaking himself, like, with and without John's influence is character ever. It's yeah. This is very interesting because it's both empowering, but also there's no way of f- framing the destruction of the self as a way that isn't at least somewhat uh, self-destructive. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's very good, but like the way that he kills the version of himself that hate, like he hates the self-hating part of him. Yes, mm-hmm. like these vicious little circles that he paces in his cage. Mm-hmm. Whenever a, like, interior trauma dualism thing happens in, like, a fantasy story like this, um, I cannot help but think of the video game Celeste, uh, which deals with this Mm -hmm. the best out of maybe anything I've ever seen. Uh, Go play Celeste. It's good. There's a lot of accessibility options if you're bad at platformers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But that that story is about reconciliation. Uh, with your trauma, and this story is about murder of your trauma, which I don't think is going to end up helping in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dean's only outlet is violence. Yeah. Mechanisms in my supernatural. <laughs> yeah. The only answer is like this is shooting it again. Like just get a bigger, better gun, yep. maybe a knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a sad backstory. You should try shooting the part of you that thinks about it. <laughs> and it's like. Like Emma said, the vicious circles of, like, hating the self, the part of you that hates yourself is still hating yourself. Like, it's not going to make you feel better about yourself. More negativity is not going to help you cope with your feelings of inadequacy. Only, like, positivity or at least neutrality is going to actually help rewrite those pathways. I sound like a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, it's not healthy the way that Dean... Um, I was going to say outlets. That's not really a verb. The way that Dean outlets his feelings here, um, I guess vents his feelings. Um, I saw Dean's feelings vents. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Sus. Like, it's not a healthy situation or um, strategy, but it is deeply satisfying that he finally gets to voice this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can acknowledge now, a year after John's dead, like, now he can say, you know, I didn't deserve that, which is a big step for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, like, even though it's definitely not a healthy coping mechanism, the fact that it is what pushes him to actually try to save himself and try to continue living and not go to hell is good. Yeah. Like, you know, the you 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 did the math problem wrong but you got the the answer right um yeah well maybe because yeah i guess it is important to note that the final that like demon dean here would gets the last word where he says you can't escape yes. me, you're gonna die and this is what you're gonna become and then he disappears and like dean does not finish killing him yeah so yeah, yeah. it's like his his refusal to for it to happen but also the inevitability of it happening yeah yeah. But, like, he can finally admit that he doesn't want to. Or at least some yes, part of him yes. doesn't want to die. And I think, importantly, I don't know if this would have gone the same way if he didn't learn that humans became demons in hell. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely not. Because I think he was, he was, you know, you know, dying and being tortured forever. You know, no big deal. You deal with it. You've been tortured <laughs> uh -huh. your whole life. But becoming but, what you hate. Yeah, and potentially and probably hurting other people There's... and forgetting who you are is like a much deeper, much scarier. There's thing. a weird contrast here between Dean and Gordon of Gordon becoming what he most hates, like mm -hmm. turning into a vampire and Dean be becoming a demon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything more to say on that, but I think yeah, that's I'm kind of interesting anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about the future. I'm thinking about the future, but more closely than Ashes. Like, m more... What's the opposite <laughs> of recent? Recent in the future. <laughs> That's what I meant by close, not in, like, a more in-depth way. Um. <laughs> anyway, lots to think about. We've still got 12 seasons of this stupid fucking show. Uh-huh. <laughs> that being said, there's only six episodes of this season left, which is insane to think yeah, about. Yeah, we're burning through this, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, um, do we have Ectrofax or is there any oh, other? Uh, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, the way Emma was talking, <laughs> we I thought about... we were done. Okay, fine. Sorry. <laughs> well, there's one more important thing to talk okay. about. So we we talked about the like Sam Bobby exchange of like oh your any your psychic powers. Sam Jokerfication continues. Sam's looking kind of worried. Uh, Bella stole the cult. Uh, they're like thought you saved her life. Bobby's like what? No, what? I give her a good deal. Uh, and it's like, oh no, Bella. And Dean calls her a bitch again. Um, um, it's like, wait, yeah, Bobby we'll deal says, with that next better episode. check your pockets. And so they both literally reach they into did. their pockets. And they Bobby both, says, not literally. They do. Did, yeah, they're <laughs> such idiots. Them, I love them. Um, but then we have this this final conversation where they're getting ready to go. Yeah. Which I covered in the synopsis, but just real quick again. Um, Sam yeah. says he didn't see anything in Dean's head. Dean pretends he saw nothing in his own head. Um, and Dean admits he doesn't want to die or go to hell, and Sam says, we'll save you, and Dean is very shaky, and he goes, okay, good. And then we get a repeat And then of we Dean. get a flashback. Yeah. I don't think this is done very well. It's kind of... No. Plain. No, but... The, I think it like, was done in I get post. what they were going for, and so it's effective anyway, but it's not... I, I think... I think what... This is the, the generous reading I have of it, is... Every single thing that they did down to the snap is stuff that was already in that scene. So my thinking is they just chopped up and edited some of that stuff to make that last scene rather than writing mm -hmm. a last minute thing and actually having what, Jensen uh, do it. How I would have framed this in a way that would be good is Dean looks at himself in the car window and sees his vague reflection and his vague reflection has black eyes like a demon. Yeah. 
Cool. You would communicate the same thing in a far more effective way by doing that than doing this awkward flashback. Uh-huh. I do like the snap to black, though. I will say yes. that. Mm. Yeah. The snap is effective. The, like, repeat. The black and mm-hmm. white, even. It's it's not not especially good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's okay. the episode. Who boy. Yeah. Big episode. Miss um, Gamble, are you okay? The has some things. Yeah. Uh, one of the books on the doctor's desk um, has the name of uh, one of the set dressers. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Osha Ringrose. Um, fun fact: This is the only time that this actress plays Karen because next time they want this act this character, um, she's like visibly pregnant, so they got someone else. <laughs> oh. And this episode was supposed to have Jason from Friday the Thirteenth, but they didn't have the rights, so they quickly rewrote it. <laughs> oh wow. Wow, that's really funny. Yeah, Jason in the like Freddy Krueger episode. Yeah. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, I guess I did want to bring up um the final conversation with uh Dean and Ruby and a note there of Dean being like hopeful in that scene. Um, like seeing from Ruby that she remembers being human. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, what you said of like Dean discovering that demons are once human, changing everything about this and making him lean more toward, I'm not going to let this happen because he doesn't want to become that. Um, and yeah, it's interesting revealing like trying to be all stoic. It's heartbreaking. Like we see what he was feeling inside in this episode uh, in a way that follows the previous mm-hmm. one really well. That was my main main notes there i just wanted to call back to that because i said i would talk about that last scene for in further detail after this one uh but yeah if there's nothing else um i forgot uh cindy sampson back uh when we did episode two which i feel bad about uh she's she she is uh one of the main characters on the show private eyes she plays angie everett um and also uh maya the doctor's assistant uh is played by miriam sarah who is the dub voice actress for akane and rama one half which uh is wild and uh those are all the actor facts um okay well next week um we have more the last most of the last couple of episodes of season three very very hit um the next episode Mm. For next week, we're doing 311 Mystery Spot, which is one of the most... <laughs> one of the most episodes. Yes. Yes. It um, becomes... It's a lot of it fun. Was, it's very memified. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Yeah. It, it's big in the fandom. Um, and then 312, uh, Jus in Bello. I think it's supposed to be the that? French Jus, like Aju, but... Um, it's... Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's I like this episode. episode. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it's also the introduction of the quote-unquote yes. big bad for this season. I th- yeah, this is the first time she shows up, um, hmm. so that's very exciting because I love her, um, and it's yeah, it's get all sorts it's of an interesting yeah, it's an interesting episode. We're gonna have fun. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening um please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice uh tune in next week for all that um and for now we will be um finally confronting our trauma in perhaps not the healthiest way but hey at least we're finally acknowledging it
EP's Song Word of God cast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org, licensed under an attribution share-alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description. <laughs>